What's up, everybody? And welcome back to another edition of the Good Anime Palette Podcast. This is episode number 33. Will and I are back at our usual recording location with our usual recording studio. And we will give you the rundown on the spring anime season. But first, I am your co-host, Jason. And I'm joined, as always, as usual, with Revived Will over here. It feels so good to be back in the office. Damn. Like, okay, last couple of weeks were... I think we did it like Actually, it's more well. than a couple of weeks, but... Yeah. Actually, yeah, no, like a few, a couple of months, actually. Yeah. Because um, this, this was... We, we had the little sort of mini lockdown in Hong Kong uh, around Chinese New Year. So yeah. for those who doesn't who doesn't don't know when Chinese New Year is, uh, for this year it was the beginning of February. So actually, yeah, close to three months of not being in the office. Yeah, it's like a pseudo lockdown, and I was just staying at home, other than going to Will's place to record. And I was working from home like literally every single day for like almost three months straight. But then you know things opened up, got back to the office last week, and uh, yeah, things are things are slowly getting back to normal. It's not like completely back to normal yet, but like we're not taking anything for granted. We're going to enjoy this amount of freedom we've been given. Uh, just to be clear, though, when Will says back to normal, that means back to normal of COVID, not before well, COVID's COVID. still around. COVID's like, still around. I mean, like we're talking about like being able to go outside and have dinners, and then being able to like actually go to a bar and like not have anything closed by like ten o'clock, because that's what we're doing right now. I think like other parts of the world, things are pretty much like like there's no like outdoor mask mandates. Uh, places now are able to serve people in larger groups than like four or eight or whatever it was. Um, we're taking it day by day. We're we're slowly getting to a point where we can start sensing a normal routine in life, albeit under COVID. Look, I'm just glad that not only are we back in the office, but we're using our, I guess, normal podcast equipment. We got our regular microphones, our pop filters. We got our big boy sound card again as well. So it's, and also the fact that like, rather than being cramped in my room, we now have a larger office space to be able to do stuff. And it's also easier to manage acoustics too. We don't have my dog barking in the background now as well. Yep. So that is our uh, l- rundown of what has been happening. It's, we- a, it's a big life development, man. Like three months shacked up, like not being able to actually freely move around and now being able to do everything. Like, oh God, I, I, I miss this. So Will and I have been watching and reading a bunch of stuff, but we have decided to forego that this time around because, well, we just have a lot of seasonals we want to go over. I think like, what we've done before was, and, and this was just like a one-off with the previous uh, seasonal episode, uh, we covered pretty much every single seasonal for winter 2022. This time around for spring, we, we, we go over quite a large amount of the catalog, but rather than going through everything, we, we were a little bit more picky this time. Because, hey, spoiler alert, the spring season of 2022 is lit it's it's really good so we we could be a little bit more selective but that also means that we want to spend more time going more in depth uh with each seasonal yeah i think what we're going to do onwards with uh seasonal premieres is maybe not go too crazy like we did with the winter but maybe similar formats to the spring season episode that we're doing right now yeah it was it was kind of tough for winter though because whilst there were some gems right like slim dress pickings up Dar- really i mean like, there was dress up darling there was um sailor girl a, a sailor uniform akebi there was also um some some stuff continuing from uh i mean there's demon slayer takaki-san attack so, on titan as well which by the way the attack on titan like i still listen to the opening for part two final season like oh god that shit was great but this time around there was a lot more like good shit to watch uh so we could be picky 
Um, and hopefully the ones that we pick are the ones that tickle your fancy. And if there's anything we don't cover, look, like we may have time to go over them uh, for the rest of the season. Uh, we still have a couple more episodes before we wrap up season three. Um, so you never know. There might be a surprise pick later on in the next couple of weeks. So we will talk about what we have been watching and reading next episode. But just uh, because... I'll, I'll assure you, like those, the, the stuff we've been reading and watching, I know you've been reading some really good shit. Really and, good shit. And I've been watching some interesting shit. Uh, but we'll leave that for the next episode. We want to dedicate this episode to more uh, to more of a focus on the seasonals. Uh, but before that, as usual, we have news because just because time progresses doesn't mean that new anime news decides to stop as well. Just because you know Hong Kong is in a pseudo lockdown back then doesn't mean that we have nothing to report on. In fact, we have plenty to report on. We actually had a lot, but we needed to sort of cut things down a bit. Otherwise, like. Just doing the news itself could it be like a whole episode itself. Yeah, and we don't want to bore you with all the news. So we have narrowed it down to several news stories. Well, more than several. But, Will, let's start. Yeah. So uh, thank you for letting me take the first one because uh, we're going to be talking about uh, these, uh, this little series called uh, Tatami Galaxy. Now, of course, you know, Wait, the what series is, came what out is a long, Galaxy? long time ago. What it's is... one of my favorite, <laughs> favorite anime of all t- it's actually it is my favorite anime of all time uh an adaptation of a campus manga uh the, the campus novel that came out you know way before that um focusing on the trials and tribulations of a it, it's essentially like a groundhog day kind of uh story uh where a young man named watashi or me i uh is trying to traverse life as a young university student and learning about you know what it means to love what it means to find passion what it means to uh indulge and what it means to regret uh now this i've talked about this i don't know like a hundred fucking times i I've, i'll say it again it is my favorite anime of all time i also think it's a very very good anime i think i gave it nine out of ten and i learned about cat and ramen for the first time, yeah, I gave it an eleven out of ten. Um, but then, of course, that doesn't—that's illegal. So I have to—I have to give it a ten out of ten. You can always put it under notes and say plus one, right? Yeah, exactly. Right? Every everything like if it is your favorite, it deserves to get that just that one little extra spidgen of a point. Um, but nonetheless, we're not talking about the Atomic Galaxy. We're going to talk about something else that's coming up afterwards. Because oh, oh night is short. Walk on girl, right? That's also a really good movie. I gave that one a nine, I think. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's similar appeal. Uh, the fact that you also have uh, Kanahana playing the main character as well, fucking great. It was a, it was a fun, fun time. I think I, I forgot. I gave it an eight point five, like in my head. But whether it was an eight or a nine, I forgot which one. I think it was more of an eight in my, if I remember. So, but still, if you like that um, kind of style, if you like the vibes, it right? is it is exactly that, and they do it extremely well. Yeah. So. Following that, uh, we actually have like a direct sequel for the Tatami Galaxy, which is a Tatami Time Machine Blues or Yojohan Time Machine Blues. Uh, there is an announcement. Uh, they are going to be releasing a well, it's going to be like a, a theatrical release uh, coming in on September 30. So uh, yeah, for those who are excited to you know actually see some more Tatami Galaxy works. We're gonna be able, we're gonna be getting a theatrical compilation film, uh, releasing on a limited three run, a three week run on September thirty. So, uh, I believe that um, the trailer is out. Uh, it's not on YouTube yet, um, but I, you can find it in places. I haven't properly seen it yet myself. Uh, but uh, from the visuals uh, that were posted on the Anime News Network, uh, the gang is back. So you got Watashi, yeah, uh, you got Akashi, uh, the, the the best, uh, you know. 
best girl, in my opinion. Best waifu. Best kudere. Uh, then you also have Ozu. You got uh, Big Chin, uh, Higuchi. Uh, I'm not sure if Johnny's back, but you know he's a, a very special character. He may he may or may not show up. I think there are even like two new characters at the moment. There are yeah, there are two segments which involve brand new characters, uh, which makes sense. I mean, Tatami Galaxy is all about character interactions, and developing stories. You want to see more of that shit. So that it, there's not too much else to really talk about this, other than the fact that I'm extremely excited because the uh, the new posters for Tatami Galaxy and the Tatami uh, Time Machine Blues look. Awesome. Not to mention as well that uh, there's also a sale on the the novel. Uh, they reiterated throughout their promotional material for this trailer that they are going to be available on Disney Plus. So at some point, basically. So they uh, they even have a little section. It's like, hey, here's a little bubble that says Disney Plus. And another little snippet too. The Disney Plus version will include an original episode that will not be shown in theaters. So. I can't believe I'm shilling right now, but uh, hey, get your Disney Plus service right now. Sign up for Disney Plus because I have already. So September 30th is the date that people should keep in mind if they want to see the next iteration of Tatami Galaxy, namely the sequel. So there you go. Look forward to that. Yep. Uh, On to the next one then. So there is a very famous group of mangakas who happen to also be women, and they are known as Clamp. I'm sure by mentioning the word clamp, it will invoke a lot of nostalgia and a lot of impact to a lot of people growing up. Things like Car Capture Sakura. And now, Holic is now back in the limelight because it is returning for spring 2023. So that is in of itself quite an interesting piece of news because... Clamp recently has a new story about them cooperating with Wit Studio and Netflix, I think. For Brothers Grimm. For Brothers Grimm. But before that, like, you haven't really heard that much about Clamp. It was more like the 1990s, early 2000s. Have you heard really much of Clamp? Yeah, throughout their history, I mean, they started in 1987. Um, essentially, like, an all-female troupe. Um, and, I mean, like, it, it was completely unheard of. It, it, it was also, I mean, to be, to be very, very frank, rare at the time to see female mangakas in general so to see the whole group working together and actually succeeding so well that collectively all their books all their novels all their manga have sold well over a hundred million copies globally that it it, that's fucking incredible that's like record-breaking numbers for any mangaka any group i mean i will say this now will and i are planning to do a clamp episode at some point when we don't know but we are determined to do that. So, yeah. So within, of course, you know, their 35-year history, it did mean, of course, that some some members left, some members came in. There were new people like rejiggering the the, the makeup of Clamp. Uh, but of course, you know, as time goes by, it does mean that you're going to need a break, right? Like you you can't just nonstop work for 30 plus years and not catch your breath. No, so, you can't be like uh, the One Piece guy. What's his name? You again? can't be. You can't be uh, One Piece guy. You, you can't, can't be Jojo. Yeah, you can't be Araki. I don't, I, yeah, you can't you can't just like sit there and like think okay like every minute every day I'm just gonna be producing more and more and more and more stuff now so the, the, they had a little bit of a hiatus uh, so therefore you know, XXXholic uh, had been put on the back burner it is now slated to come back so uh, yay congratulations uh, I, I I need to get around to reading more stuff so um, hey maybe getting into uh, XXXholic wouldn't be a bad idea yeah uh, I think the hiatus was more than several years so kind of everyone has written it off as kind of dead. So 
to hear this kind of news is very, very uh, optimistic for those fans of Exxholic. I have not read Exxholic, despite like it being on like the back of my mind every so often. But Cardcatcher Sakura is dope. Uh, I think Clover is dope. X is dope. So, look, Clamp is amazing. And the fact that they're coming back into the game with XXXHolic is just a great piece of news. Now on to some not-so-good news. Uh, so, unfortunately, we're going to have to burst the bubble and actually talk about uh, some... Uh some some terrible industry news. Uh, this is also uh, released from Anime News Network. Toei promises work promise uh, work practice changes after labor standards recommendation. So, it is not news that a lot of people in the anime and manga industry are overworked, underpaid, and are stretched very thin in terms of resources. That is not revolutionary in terms of like. News. Nor are we condoning it either, right? Exactly. It's like in the end, like we know this is something that happens behind the scenes, uh, but there's only so much that we can do to essentially try and rectify it because we're we're not on the board, we're not in any way connected to the manga industry or the anime industry. So what makes this news story stand out? We will now tell you. Right. So this has actually been an ongoing bit of news because this situation stemmed from last year in 2021 so a female toei assistant producer actually filed a lawsuit uh along with the sogo support union labor union uh where they were actually going to be uh fighting against toei for a lot of things so uh open quote um they were filing a lawsuit against toei for the company's work practices that stem from last november she wrote an announcement giving specific examples of toei's practices including fixed overtime systems which determined she would receive the same salary regardless of the amount of overtime she worked with no other compensation uh it was also claimed that work hours in the company would regularly extend to 13 hours a day if not more the assistant also alleged in the announcement that she was sexually harassed claiming that a freelance employee had touched her inappropriately and in a separate incident the assistant director supposedly gave her unreasonable orders such as giving her staring at her while staring while they were in alone in a camera test and ordering her to sit with him so in both instances when she reported the behavior she claimed that she received no assistance from toei staff end quote that's a pretty damning lawsuit there uh again like it, it pains me to say this but this is this happens way more often than we would like so toei animation is probably one of if not the biggest animation studios ever in the history of japan I'm looking at their Wikipedia page. They have over 1,266 employees. And that number can fluctuate depending on, I guess, freelancers and coming in back and forth. But to have that amount, and also don't forget that they produce merchandise, CGI films, theatrical films. It's not just anime and manga, but toy animation obviously is a huge part of the anime and manga industry. I also did a rough sort of check on Google and their stock dropped from uh, 10,490 uh, 10, shares uh, per share to about 9,960 and then 9,720 yen. It did jump back up slightly, but uh, just comes to show the impact of that news if you calculate roughly when this news was announced. Yeah, it's a little too coincidental, right? So, look, we, we always try to look for you know, positivity, wonderful, happy, like hype and go lucky news uh, and updates within anime and manga. 
uh, I guess also with light novels and visual novels. But the issue still remains that this is an industry that is rife with labor disputes, long hours, uh, overexertion of uh, of staff, and of course sexual harassment. It's it, it's something that of course we we want to get changed and this the fact that there is a union that is working alongside this uh this female staff member to essentially lodge a complaint and a lawsuit against Toei in order to rectify these issues i think it's a it's a small step but it's a good step in the right direction it's also a bit unfortunate that around the same time Toei animation announced that they got hacked by ransomware like a ransomware attack so it's just coming from all different fronts i'm not saying that this all of a sudden justifies all these not very nice business practices. It's just a lot of things have been happening right now. Exactly. A lot of bad things have been happening, you know, when it comes to security, when it comes to work, when it comes to, I guess, the the rights of your employees. Now, It's it's not a great time to be at Toei. Now, at the end of the day, Will and I are just two Asian dudes that just like anime and manga. We are not here to talk about politics or legal issues that much. We're not qualified to. But at least from a standpoint, it is interesting to see a woman step forward and formally put a lawsuit in because let me say that like when things are like formal in japan like shit gets real so that's why this is important furthermore toei animation the fact that it is against them is also extremely important but the underlying notion of animators and staff being underpaid undervalued whether it is male or female and obviously it's the females staff seems to be treated a lot more worse but that doesn't mean that like guys don't everyone should get the the what do you should, should get the money and the rewards for the work that they put in because everyone should be you know reasonably compensated for their for their services and work that's yeah. it toy animation be better all right that's in the end of that so let's go on to our next news which is about manga plus so Manga Plus is an online platform, which is basically Shonen Jump Plus. All the serializations in Shonen Jump Plus. You got a lot of good shit on there. I'm actually really enjoying using it more and more now because the fact that they're constantly adding new series onto the platform. And like rec- shifting it just from Jump straight from Shonen Jump onto Jump Plus and along with adding new things directly onto the repository. Uh, it's, a, it's a good platform. I, I like think... It when we first started the podcast that was when spikes family and uh, kaiju number eight was kind of you know like the titans within jump plus and then to see that grow to the catalog now and have them even announce like a couple episodes ago we talked about how uh jump plus manga plus for sort most of their serializations you can read all of them once for free from the beginning for a year so it's kind of promoting this online platform, which is very revolutionary for Japan when they're very, you know, stuck in their ways, I guess, in the traditional ways, at least. Yeah. So just to sort of give you like a quick rundown of some of the things that are running on the uh, Jump platform, uh, the Mongo Plus platform. Assassin's Classroom, Bakuman, Black Clover, Bleach, Blue Box, Build King, Burn the Witch, Captain Tsubasa, but Spanish and only, uh, Chainsaw Man, Death Note, Demon Slayer, Dr. Stone, Dragon Ball, uh, you also got Haikyuu, Hunter Hunter, you also have Kuroko the Basket, uh, Jujutsu Kaisen, Spy X Family, you got Monster Number 8, uh, and in today's news, we have a new edition. It's called Oshinoko. Now, for a lot of people, that name doesn't really ring a lot of bells. 
uh, behind the scenes, especially when it comes to the re- uh, awards, this manga has received numerous awards. It has won the Best General Manga category in the 46th Annual Kodansha Manga Awards, nominated for the 26th Annual uh, Tezuki Osamu Cultural Prize. Tezuka Osamu. Tezuka, sorry. Uh, it's been nominated for the Taisho Awards for the f- for like twice in a row. Ranks seventh on the top twenty mangas that should be adapted with that survey that we mentioned a while back. So it, it, clearly, it's it's fucking great, right? This th- th- those aren't just awards and nominations you get all willy nilly. Oh, and uh, if you happen to like a little show called Kaguya Sama Love Is War, it is by the same mangaka, which is currently airing right now. So we'll talk more about that later. So that. Oshinoko is now available for free on the Jump Plus Manga Plus platform. And that's just extremely exciting because it seems like, by all intents and purposes, this anim- this manga is going to get an anime adaptation. So, And it's good to see that Shoeisha is like, you know, originally when they released the platform, it was just like another form to be able to consume their media. But it really seems now, and hopefully not like they touch wood, that they actually start, you know, adding more and more onto the Manga Plus platform because. We've already known that print is slowly dying, if not dying, like, already dead. Um, but there's more and more digital circulation of manga, and uh, we're really hoping that, um, you know, we're able to access more of this uh, this good literature because we like manga as well. Jason really loves manga. I've been lazy and not really reading all that much, but I will get around to reading more. Speaking of very good literature, Will, next story is all you, buddy. So this is uh, actually <laughs> when Jason brought this up, it was more of like a "what the fuck is going on" to be to me being more "wow, this is a fucking amazing." Uh, so you actually broke the story a while ago because uh, you were talking about a little-known uh, erotic manga called Dick Fight Island. That uh, that is not a joke. The title is called Dick Fight Island. I read the first volume of it, and I was just like, I don't even know words. I just like this is. Like, what the fuck? But, okay, yeah. So, Dick Fight Island, uh, very, very popular, actually. Right now, it's uh, it's ranked as the number one romance manga, as well as the number one yaoi and LGBT plus Q manga on Amazon's bestseller list last year. And it's doing gangbusters this year as well. Uh, so much so that, actually, uh, recently, the Dick Fight Island manga was trending on Twitter because uh, there was a Barnes & Noble recommendation display uh, that was shared across the social media platform, uh, which is on Twitter, and it got approval by none other than Squidward from SpongeBob SquarePants. So over 100,000 tweets about the topic helped launch the manga onto Twitter's trending list. The card itself read, the absolute peak of storytelling. No, it is a not. spellbinding tale of warriors battling for supremacy with their girthy sabers. Accurate. The art is beautiful enough to leave a man screaming in ecstasy. No 11 comment. out of 10 would ride the dick fight again. Squidward approved. No comment on that last. So, so well received that uh, basically now it's just blowing up on Twitter. Uh, the mangaka Reban Ike thanked his fans uh, for essentially uh, well, his or her. I, I can't confirm the, the gender. Uh, basically, like for the support of the series uh, and essentially that resurgence pushed the manga, the first volume of the manga back to the top of the Yaoi manga list on Amazon. So congratulations, Dick Fight Island. Thank you very much, Squidward. Yeah, uh, 
the reason why we talked about this new story is because we thought it was pretty funny, and I thought I would never have to see this manga ever again, and it turns out, no, I was wrong. So, there you go. Hey, man, like this this looks looking lit. So, uh, Look, hey, if Squidward says it's dope, I'm down to check it out. I've read it. Uh, I think it is crazy, and I think you will people who read it will understand. I don't think I'll ever read you know the rest of the series going onwards ever again, but hey, more power to you, okay? On to the next bit of news. We're actually running through these quite quickly. Um, so this is our, our sixth bit of news now. Something about purple ribbons. Yeah. So um, Evangelion is a very, very well-known property. Oh, really? Yeah. Eva? Yeah. NGE? Yeah. So then the Evangelion creator, Hideaki Anno, and also Gainax co-founder, has now been rewarded Japan's medal with purple ribbon. So this is a huge deal because this is essentially saying, hey, you have done, you know, a, a, you're a good person. You have done a great got, service for Japan, basically. Here's a medal for you. I mean, earlier we talked about like earlier, I don't know how long ago, but we talked about Misaki Yuasa also receiving uh, this award. So it is a huge deal because it's basically the government acknowledging your contributions and accomplishments. I think we talked about the Masaki Yuasa Purple Ribbon during that specific After Dark episode, which was last year, like well into last year. So that it's you know, quite a while ago. But yeah, nonetheless, Purple Ribbons, pretty yeah. good, pretty dope. And, uh, you know, Ano later uh, created Studio uh, Kara. And then the, one of the main works that was produced out of that studio was the remakes of NGE, you know, stuff like uh, Evangelion 1.0, You're Not Alone, You Cannot Advance, you know, so on and so forth. And uh, that afterwards, I think recently was Thrice Upon a Time or something, yeah. 3.0 3. plus 1.0. And that was like, he said publicly, like, that's it for Evangelion. We're done. Peace out. Drop that, mic. Man, like, Ideki has had such a long history with Evangelion and the, the the many fans of NGE. Like, if you've seen, like, the whole history of it over the last 25 years, yeah. This guy has been NGE all the way through and through, and he's had to deal with a plethora of praise as well as um, the, 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 the DT word um, from uh, from crazy, fran- crazy fans. You know what I mean by DT, right? Yeah, I mean, why, why can't we just say it? Death threats. There you go. We don't want to say all of a sudden, hey, we're not sending you a death threat, Hideki. We're just saying that, like, you've been through a lot, and we're glad that you got yourself a nice little medal to show for your hard work. So uh, it's just great to have an, another acknowledgement of a very well-known, prominent, and, you know, very influential person in the anime and manga sphere being awarded, you know, this very highly prestigious award. All right, we've only been recording for just over half an hour, so I'm glad that we have a lot of time to talk about the last <clears throat> bit of news because, uh, yeah, get your hands ready, Jason. Crack your knuckles. Get this shit ready because we're going to talk about... Uh, okay, so I think it was only like a week or two ago when we released um, our little um, our little rant BP about a spe- specific... S- someone trying to derail the Spikes family train. Uh, Very this- popular. Yeah, uh, episode. This time round, uh, this is not so much something that's really stupid regarding a person, nor stupid in general. This is more just like a, a, a what the fuck is going on in the world of anime and manga? Kind do you of news. do you think we can call it the baka uh, baka of the month? This, this is baka th- of the month. I I okay. 
this is very much a contender for Baka of the Month. If nothing else comes up in the next two weeks, then this one uh, takes the Baka of the Month award. Okay. So a bit of context here. Uh, Will and I play a lot of video games. That's not surprising. Video games are awesome. Video games are great. I need to play Elden Ring. I don't want to get spoiled because I have work. So one of the most famous J- JRPGs, so Japanese role-playing game series of all time, which comes to no surprise, is Final Fantasy. I fucking love Final Fantasy. I love uh, Final wait, Fantasy. I, I, I love Final Fantasy up till 10. Okay, okay. All right. So I have played... I think I have played four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I guess you call it ten, ten, two. Uh, I played none play, of eleven because that's the online. Did you I played twelve and thirteen. Twelve had that remake recently with which, that, with the weird battle system. Yes, and then, yeah. really like that. And then there was thirteen, which I and, thought was shit. And then I think there was like one or two more. Fourteen was the uh, the new uh, on uh, MMORPG. Yes, and then and, fifteen was the latest one. I believe they're in production for sixteen right now. Yeah, because uh, number fifteen is basically Joyride with the boy band. Yeah, game. So I played uh, one, two, three. I didn't play three because the original three was never released in the West. No, I uh, think it was on but DS, they, right? They, exactly. They, I didn't. I didn't have a DS, unfortunately. Oh, I did play it. Uh, so uh, yeah, my sister had DS. And she she was playing her little Pokemon games. Uh, so I played one, played two, played four, five, six, seven. I didn't play. No, I did play eight. I didn't play nine. Then I played ten, ten, two, twelve. Nine was like the really like almost like cartoony yeah. like knights and like like really weird disproportion size as opposed to like pretty boys and pretty girls yeah of, of, of the games you've played though like which one would you say is your favorite final fantasy actually it's the one that i have not mentioned yet which is final fantasy tactics war of the lions unfortunately that doesn't count because that's not a jrpg yes but it, but again i don't no. FF Tactics is really goddamn good. So uh, I think it has to be Final Fantasy VII because it actually had a huge impact on me. Whether or not it stands the test of time with the remake, which I have not played because I wanted I it was all good. in one go. I heard it was good. But for me... ten is yeah. obviously the next one that I would go to. That's for me, it. actually, my ranking, if, if we're, if we're going to do a top three, uh, is uh, with number three, Final Fantasy VII. Yep. Final Fantasy X was two, just because... Like, the story was great, and also the bad voice acting was just like right. you, you have to remember. And also Blitzball, Blitzball's right. yep. fucking great. I'm waiting for your number one because I know exactly what it is. It's Final Fantasy VI because a lot of people seem to realize that hey, Final Fantasy VI is actually really good, and I think it is not necessarily uh, an unpopular opinion, but is I guess a, a lesser known Final Fantasy. But I like it a lot. It does a lot of crazy things, and um, I think in terms of like cultural impact. Final Fantasy VII was, like, the biggest footprint within the whole Final Fantasy franchise. I mean, you there's, have, there's, there's no question for and that. you have, like, Lancer, right, in um, Final Fantasy VI. Like, it just, it's just really good. But it was also of the 8-bit, you know. 16-bit, 16 yeah. 16-bit. So it does not have that same kind of shock and awe look that Final Fantasy VII but onwards the, but has. the story was so good. God damn. I think there was, like, one boss battle. Actually, I shouldn't there, say that. There's a whole opera scene that takes, like, 20 minutes to play through. The game was long as hell. I mean, all, all Final Fantasy games are long as hell, but this one was long. So you like Final Fantasy VI a lot, huh, A Will? lot. I love it so much. Um. So, since then, they're called Square Enix, but back then they were called Squaresoft. But, Square Enix has announced, and we're now finally getting to the new story, a lavish 1-6 scale figure of Terra from Final Fantasy VI on Sunday. That's great, right, Will? Um, you know, Final Fantasy VI is your favorite Final Fantasy of all time. 
and yeah, it, it, this would be wonderful to really show my love for the uh, for the game. Uh, yeah, so this one this one six scale uh, statue. Um, yeah, it's limited to six hundred units. So, oh, so it's a limited edition. It is limited edition. One hundred and fifty okay. of them will be in Japan. And I really gotta get my hands on it then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, do you have money in your wallet? I got I got like a. Well, couple, does, you don't. Does, Hong Kong your, an, your answer doesn't matter because uh, the money in your wallet will never be able to satisfy this price tag, which is. Do you want to do, 11, the, U, do, you want to do the U.S. or do you want to do? The, let's the let's yen? do the U.S. Yeah. Uh, let's do the yen first. Um, one million four hundred and eighty-five thousand yen. Is that correct? Did I read that amount correct? Which approximately is eleven thousand five hundred and seventy U.S. dollars. Let uh, let that sink in, guys. We'll, we'll give you like I don't know. Two seconds, right? Just- Let's just call it as it is, right? Like, if you're gonna drop twelve grand on something, it better be a car. It better be like an, an insurance policy. It better be like rent on something. If I, I have no idea who would be paying twelve thousand dollars worth in rent, like, like most people will be paying maybe like fifteen hundred dollars to two thousand dollars, depending on where you live in the U.S. or wherever you live in the world, for rent. This is half a year's worth of rent for a fucking statue. So when Square Enix announced this, the director of Final Fantasy, Hironobu Sagaguchi, tweeted, "Wow, that's a bit much." So you have your own boy, your own your 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 main man being like, "Yeah, dog, like it's a bit it's a bit steep." And obviously he's like playing it like as like close to the chest as possible and not to offend the parent company but when you have your director like saying that like come on man like jesus christ 12k for a fucking statue look anime figurines and in general are very expensive there's i mean like there's always going to be like those really really what's called real toys yeah or i i get that i get that of course like you know you want to spend money like for things that really matter to you, especially if it means that it's like a limited edition, therefore it's actually something that's unique to you, or at least more unique to you than to others. But twelve thousand dollars is a lot of money, man. Twelve thousand U.S. dollars, especially too. in a time right now where the world's going to shit. Like, there's so much going on, dude. Like, inflation's going fucking crazy in the u.s right now the yen is in the pits right now in japan and now you're telling people hey uh i know everyone's having a bad time you know oh and COVID's still a thing how about uh, we cheer you guys up with a 1.5 million yen model of final fantasy 6 like it's so and they have the gall to say orders are opened on square enix japan store on monday and will run until june 24th or in brackets until stock runs out. Like you like, said, you like, said this yourself as well. Like if you knew or you have any way to contact someone who actually bought one of these statues, like we we need to interview them. Yeah, yeah, straight up. If you have plans to buy it and have like submitted a bid or bought it or have some sort of evidence that you have bought it, trust me, I will not like insult you, diss you. I genuinely want to sit down with you on Discord or wherever and have a conversation because I just need to know why that's all like i afterwards i might have my own opinions and thoughts but at least i want to know trying to be as unbiased as possible why you decide to dish out 12k 
U.S. for this statue, which, by the way, is not necessarily like just just to put it into perspective, right? Like, let's say, okay, like, you like ramen, I like ramen a lot. Ramen right? is dope. Let's say, like in, in Japan right now, at least specifically in Tokyo, like an average bowl of ramen costs you like seven hundred, eight hundred yen. If you're not going like crazy on the toppings, right? Like a standard bowl of ramen will probably run you eight hundred yen, or roughly like like seven to eight U.S. dollars. The price of that statue would be able to give you almost two thousand bowls of ramen, right? Like, you have to think about how gargantuan this amount of money is. Where like you could be eating yourself like five years worth of ramen nonstop, but then you decide to drop twelve thousand dollars on a statue that isn't even tasty, isn't going to be able to provide you much more than just like pure amazement it it looks it looks sick it's, it's huge it's, it's, it, it looks sick it is huge but god damn 12,000 smackaroos uh you can buy a car with that also a lot of people in here are saying listen three or four k and which already is a is like pushing it as well in my opinion is like if you're willing to dish out three or four k i will buy it so at least Obviously, like these are testimonies on Twitter, so you got to take it with a grain of salt. But it is unconceivable of me that people would buy this 12k statue. But if it was three or four k, at least I can be like, it's stupid. I, I, I get it. I get it though. Like I get it. Like, like you can buy like I don't I mean, know, I mean, like, like bare brick figurines that are like that much, right? There are also people who are buying like the fucking those minted Pokemon cards, right? Like a holographic Charizard can rent you like hundreds of thousands of dollars. I totally get that, right? But 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 how are you going to resell this? It's not. You're not going to. No. Like the you, there there is a limit to it, and again, that's how that's how prices and supply and demand get created, right? Like in the end, the price of something is very much based on what the person who buys it deems it to be worth. Right, like if I was to sell you this statue, like you'd be like, no, I'll I'll pay you five bucks for it, but that's the most I'm gonna go. But if I go to someone who is like a hardcore Final Fantasy VI fan, would be like, oh, I'm having to pay you thirty thousand dollars for it. Okay, it's worth thirty thirty thousand dollars. At this moment, though, I look at it and it's like it looks sick. It is massive. Wait, you as really hell. you really think it looks good? It looks. Well, I, I'm I'm trying to be as nice as as nice as possible, right? But even if it did look like amazing. $12,000 is a fuck ton of money. It's so much money. You could spend so much money like, just, uh, just buying anything else. Yeah, someone post, someone tweeted this. I can get four of these and still have money left over. Oh, God. Yeah. Which actually, is the... Yeah. So, three, dude, those are still three, $4,000 each. Okay. Yeah, I know. Got it. Got it. Got it. That near statue looks fantastic, though. Like, that actually looks really gorgeous but 304k mm. but it's also near near looks fucking sick too so. but okay so we're gonna go on and on but our points are the same which is what the fuck is going on with this 12k statue it is kind of unbelievable you should check it out on twitter or google it listeners if you were suddenly given twelve thousand dollars would you buy this statue or if not what would you use that 12k to do would you give it a charity would you pay off taxes would you pay your rent give some to your family what would you do with it because I can guarantee you that people who are listening to this would absolutely not buy that fucking statue. But what you would buy is buy more time with us after our break because we are done with the news section. And also spend some money on getting a Disney Plus subscription so you can watch the hey, television. Hey, <laughs> we're, not, we're not sponsored. But I'm, not, Dis- I'm not shilling. But Disney, if you want to contact us, I don't know why, but yeah, you know you know what to do. We got I a guess. pitch. We got a pitch for, for Disney, right? We got a, we got a script we want to turn into a movie. 
All right, so I think that is it, it for the called, news section, it's, right? It's called the Tommy Green Machine. Oh, fuck off. The Tatami Mean Green Machine. <laughs> how about how about the Tatami Princess Galaxy, where each... Wait, that's just Kingdom Hearts. Um, Tatario Ma- Super Mario Galaxy? <laughs> you can't do that. Yeah, no, Nintendo would fuck... Nintendo would, like... Fuck us hard, yeah. No, sorry, Nintendo. Um, but yeah, no, that that dude. Okay, I, I ten minutes talking about this fucking statue. I I'm actually very happy. I think like I've got face enough. palms everywhere. So okay, is it buck of the month? Should we give it buck of the month? Okay, okay. Let's end on this note. Who is the baka of the month? The person that bought it or the person that suggested this to the exec boards and have them approve of this idea? I think it's the latter. Because in the end, right? Like, would you create something like this? You know you're tapping into the desires of certain hardcore people. Whales? You're, you're enabling them. Because if it never existed in the first place, then they would never be, act, uh, never be able to act upon it, right? So I think to be, especially in this time now when the yen is so weak, and everybody is going through some really tough financial times, not just in Japan, but anywhere else in the world, right? To then drop this limited edition $12,000 figure, it's the timing couldn't be worse. It just felt like, I mean, dude, like you said, right? Even the guy who made Final Fantasy was like, bruh, like, even I wouldn't pay this much. No, 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 Will. It's a bit much. That's all. It's just a bit. It's just a bit. You know, you, you, you take a little bit off the top, then we're good. We're taking, you know. Or, or, or actually take, like, I don't know, 10K just, just buy off. buy a car. Pay your rent early, whatever it is. Ah, oh, God. Okay, all right. We got that out of the way. Now we're going to go on a bit of a break. Afterwards, we will then go over what we've all been waiting for, the seasonal premieres of spring 2022. Peace out. Welcome back to the second half of today's episode of the Good Anime Power Podcast. As a reminder, we're on episode 33, and we're also still in the office. So, uh, it's, it's been good to be able to properly use the space. Uh, it was fun talking about all the news and shitting on uh, people who actually thought it would be good to sell a Final Fantasy statue for well over $12,000. But, we're going to go into some good shit today. So, as always, it's still Will, and it's still Jason. How are you feeling after lunch? I'm ready to go full throttle into spring, yo. Yeah, okay, all right. Uh, there's a reason why Jason decided to go into a little bit of flow there. So uh, we are going to go into spring 2022. Uh, as always, with every season, we go over the seasonal premieres. Uh, this time around, we did it a little bit later than usual, but there is a good reason for that. We'll go into the reasoning later. Uh, but first, I think Jason has a bit of an announcement, a little bit precursor uh, before we go into today's discussion topic so will and i have done several of the seasonal premieres for a while now and um we're just going to go over some basic you know disclaimers which is we don't watch every single show especially this time around winter was kind of an exception so we watched more also than we are going to recommend because obviously they didn't make the cut but if you're going to email us and say hey you should check out this show there's a good chance that we did but we also still want to hear it because maybe we we missed it, or maybe after the first two episodes, it gets better, or something like that. So, just to inform you guys, um, we don't watch every show. Yeah, and there like, are how mo- many how many shows were there this season? If we're not including the um, the ONAs, movies, OVAs, and stuff, it, it would just talk like 
like at least according to Mal, like TV shows, like how many do we have uh, that are new for this season? Forty-seven. Okay, yeah. So there you go. Like, there, there's absolutely no way we're going to be watching that many. We watched like half of them, though. Half, yeah. Even, and I watched a bit more, but we're not going to talk about those. So. Yeah, for the most part, like what's discussed is stuff that we really do like want to push to you guys, listeners, or at least maybe do a little bit of a like a breakdown, a little critique of how we really feel about this particular uh, a particular series. But what we are going to do this time, which we didn't do for winter 2022, is our seasonal side bet between Will and I. So we didn't do yeah. a winter 2022 for various reasons. If you want to know, you can go check back why we said we wouldn't. Yeah, you want to lay out the rules? Uh, just, at least as a, a little refresher to the people that uh, might have heard about our previous seasonal bet, but uh, have been a little bit out of the loop since we haven't really done a proper one. In so, a while. so the time frame between the seasonal bets starts with when the first episode of any seasonal would start for spring, which would be the first week of April. So what Will and I did was at least like off air determine a number that we would uh decide upon he would have one i would have one and that would be the number of shows on my anime list that would achieve a score of 8.0 or above there is no extra points given to 9.0 you know so it might be in the future but as of right now if it's an 8.0 it counts as one of the shows furthermore um the stipulation is because obviously these scores are ever-changing depending on so many reasons, such as, for example, Tacked Off Destiny, unfortunately for Will. Was a, was, was a, was a crushing descent. But uh, our stipulation would then be that we would have the announcement results for the next seasonal premiere. So we would basically have one whole season to see where the scores will stand. Because, it's, interestingly enough, if, this, if we look at some of the scores now for winter, Will would have been very close to winning. Yeah, unfortunately, you know, timing was not on my side, but that's that's just generally how it is when it comes to seasonals, right? Like, even if something was to get an initial score of an eight or a nine, oh, you, sorry, not, give not, it a not winter, months. no, not, but the previous fall, winter, fall, no, but previous winter, I would be, I would have also been close to. It's spring right now, so yes. if, if we had taken into account like the scores presently, it might have been a little bit more close, right? Right? right. Yeah. It, it, same thing could happen as well if we were to re- retrospectively look back at fall twenty twenty one as well, which I did. Yeah. So that's generally why it's like. We, we have to set a cutoff point, you know, for recording purposes. But at the same time, it doesn't mean that, like, one show that we initially saw as a 7.4 is going to stay as a 7.4. It can fluctuate given how quick things can change uh, you know, during a season. And so, the other way around applies, too, which actually yeah. happened within the span of, like, a couple of days recently. Yeah. So at this very moment, um, do you want to go over the, the, the shows right now? Or do you want to go over, like, what else we have going on with this bet? So Will predicts that the number of 8.0 shows, 8.0 plus shows on my anime list is six. I think it's seven. Yeah. So anything above a anything above a seven, uh, seven or above, Jason wins. Anything at six or below, I win. Um, then of course you know based on who wins and who loses, uh, there will be a punishment that goes along with it, like a butts game of sorts. So we have yet to decide what that reward or punishment would be, but it could be anything from reading a manga, watching an anime, you know, so on and so forth. We will announce that, you know, at a later date. So that is the stipulation. So if by the end of, uh, by the beginning of that summer premiere episode of recording, if the amount of shows that are 8.0 on my anime list or above is six or fewer, Will wins. And if it's seven or above, 
I win. Yep. So at the moment, uh, it's um, it, it's very very close. It wasn't as close as before, but even then, like if we actually looked down at the scores themselves, it has been pretty close. Because originally, like if we were to just look at stats, even like three days ago, there would have been nine shows that were an eight point zero and up. Uh, at that moment, we can just list the names, right? So at at the time, the shows were Spy X Family. Kaguya-sama, Love is War Season 3, Kingdom Season 4, Ya Boy Kang Ming, Komi Can't Communicate Season 2, Summertime Render or Summertime Rendering, Ascendance of a Bookworm Season 3, Data Live Season 4, surprisingly, and Love Live Season 2, also surprisingly. Now, since then, uh, Love Live and Data Live, uh, Love Live Season 2 and Data Live Season 4 have dropped below an 8, but ever so slightly. Yeah, we, even then, like before the drop, I think both shows were uh, 8.01, 8.02, with Bookworm at 8.04. And as of today, uh, Bookworm is still 8.04, but Data Live is now a 7.99. Love Live is a 7.97. So it, even then, it's like the scores don't tell everything, right? When it's like six or seven shows, whatever it may be, it is extremely, extremely close. And we still have several weeks before the fall uh, for the uh, spring season ends actually like eight weeks yeah so uh the next one up would be summertime rendering with an 8.25 that's what i would say that's it in terms of revealing the my anime list scores you can check them out online if you want on myanimelist.com but 8.25 is pretty hard to knock down to below an 8 but an 8.04 similarly with data live and love live can easily drop below an 8 so depending on those three shows actually will determine if will wins or if i win yeah but bet aside right like the the numbers right now that you've been discussing just suggests that the spring season has been a very strong one way stronger than what we experienced in winter 2022 so i did a rough breakdown of like the stats of the current scores that are right now that are airing and over 42 percent of shows are in the 7.0 to 7.99 range with you know 16% being 8 or above and 1 being a 9. So, it's 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 really strong comparatively. That's it. Um I'm surprised we didn't get a 9 show previous season even with Demon Slayer and Attack on Titan. They dropped. Yeah, they but they dropped, right? They dropped. They, they were I know, I know Attack on Titan was before, but then yes. like Demon Slayer was like an 8.7, 8.8, but yes. never like close enough to breach into 9 territory. Yes. They were both 8.9s right now as we speak. So, there you go. It's hard to say, right? So, that is sort of the rough breakdown. I think there might be a chance that after we go through all the shows that we recommend, we'll go a bit more into the nitty-gritty stats, the karma ranking on Reddit, Anime Corner, because, you know, Anime Corner does some weird shit. So, yeah. yeah. There, there is a little more correlation between Anime Corner and uh, the subreddit r slash anime uh, around this time. Uh, but there are, of course, you know, still like a few left field choices and surprises along the way. Um, but uh, we can go over uh, Anime Corner and the Karma Ranking later on because uh, the most important part is what's Jason's opinion and my opinion about this season's anime. So what we're going to do is go over the sequels first. So people who want to check out if the latest season is good or want to check out if it's worth jumping in at this point from the beginning to now, we will give you the rundown on those shows that we want to recommend. Then we'll obviously get into the new shows. And some of these new shows are double cur, so meaning that they will also permeate into the spring season, but they are premiering right now for the first time 
in spring. Yep. So we're Sorry, also going to try and keep things as like spoiler free as possible. Um, actually, for the most part, it will be pretty spoiler free. Uh, but there may be one or two character names or events that we might bring up. Um, but hopefully, they won't be like super consequential in terms of your uh, viewing experience. So let's start with something. Let's go with the seasonal sequels. These are, of course, uh, seasonals that have already existed in one form or another, especially in within anime. Uh, so this is like a second season, a third season, or even like a part two, part three, depending on however the studio decides to to create things. It has it has it has been in anime form at some point of or another, basically. Yeah. So let's. I, I think at this moment it's, it's kind of. Kind of alphabetical order, or, or just whatever order we put it on. Just whatever it. order we want to put. But right now, it's an alphabetical order. Yeah. Right. So, one that we watched. Actually, the last time we watched this was over a year ago, and uh, we're talking about Ascendance of a Bookworm, season three. Uh, so this is a uh, anime that it was adapted from a light novel, the same name, uh, by Yushina, uh, who did the art, and Mia Kazuki, who did the story. Um, there is, of course, an English adaptation of as well, along with the manga, uh, which is done by J Novel Club. So uh, really, really high rated for the light novel, and the 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 anime itself is. It's it's very consistent in terms of its score because in the previous seasons it was a low eight. It was like an eight point zero something or an eight point one something. It wasn't ever like incredibly stellar, but given the fact that it has a minimum score of like an eight, it's it's pretty well received and quite popular as well. I don't know how popular uh, the first season was, but it, the fact that like they're still able to churn out subsequent seasons and still pull in the good reviews for the light novel pretty good so i have the numbers for you will if you want to know so yeah, sure first season is an 8.01 rank 555 popularity 853 with 20 224,000 members almost 225 actually then season two is 8.13 402 rank popularity 1250 much lesser members with 151,000 and right now it's at 75,000 members popularity 2067 rank 515 8.04 so the highest ranked Right. Uh, second highest ranked. Right. Okay. But enough about the stats. How do we really feel about this season of Bookworm? Um, I think Bookworm, first of all, Bookworm is also known as Bookworm Isekai because it it actually is an Isekai. It's about a young girl who is... Well, she really was, likes books. She was a librarian, I think, in her past life, like modern Japan, and then now is reincarnated into this young girl who's kind of sickly. And, um, and it exists in a world where... Books weren't really a thing, and like books are like it made, it made sense. Literature was really, really, really hard to come by. And if you could find it, it was incredibly expensive because not everyone was literate. And if you were, then you know, lucky you, you have the power to be able to read. I think this bookworm isekai is a very interesting isekai because it deviates from what you would expect an isekai would be. There oh, I, I mean, we don't care about the previous. We're talking about like right now. Like, how do you feel season three is compared to all the previous seasons? No, no, I'm just saying like it, it continues those same traits, which is... The same thing. Same thing, which is it's a very laid-back show, very slow-paced. They introduce newish characters, and it's the same thing, actually. It's... It's no different from the previous seasons, unfortunately. It literally continues where the the second season left yeah. off. See, like, we, yeah, like season one, season two, season three. Like if you liked Bookworm and you want more of it, like I don't know what else to say, but like yeah, you do get more of it. Um, so let's say it's a bad thing. I think like, it's at the moment, like I don't know, like it's because because there's not as much stimulation as any other kind of isekais. You are resigned to the fact that this is going to be 
as Jason said, a very slow-paced, chill kind of exploratory isekai about a young girl who just wants to be able to write books and get more books. And, yeah, and she yeah. doesn't have any like OP powers that you might expect that like yeah, destroy that's, yeah, or that's, break. That's, or that's cheat. one thing where it's like it's, it's 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 different from like the standard isekai. At the end of the day, she's like an eight-year-old, Actually, nine-year-old. Would you say that the, for her, like the 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 superpower that she has is just like incredible knowledge? knowledge? Yeah, yeah, that's it, really. Um, so. I have to say, though, the new kind of direction that they're going towards in season three, which was obviously hinted at the end of season two, I don't quite vibe with because I just kind of want to see her do her thing. And it seems that even though it's still not bad, it's still good. It just is not what I'm hoping it will eventually become. Like, I can see, like, the little cracks the little veering into that direction that i don't want it to yeah the fact that they were kind of alluding to it not even alluded they were actually like leading into it from the end of season two you can tell they're gonna start building on this particular arc a little longer um so yeah your uneasy feeling about it right now it's probably gonna be even more uneasy later on again it's not bad it's more of the same it's just that there's a few different elements that neither Jason or I really do vibe with. But hey, it's still it's still a decent show. It's still a decent season. All right. The next show that we're going to talk about, uh, I'm going to talk about Comey Can't Communicate Season 2, which is, de- you know, debuted on Netflix Season 1. And Season 2 is continuing, debuting on Netflix uh, worldwide. It has a staggered release similar to Season 1, meaning that it will premiere in Japan maybe a week or two ahead. And then it will premiere on Netflix worldwide as a Netflix exclusive. This is based on the manga of the same name. Very popular. I love it. 10 out of 10 manga. And honestly, it's again, you're going to hear same shit different day, but in a good way for a lot of these shows. And I think Comey Can't Communicate as well literally starts off where the first season ended. It is almost as if if you watch them all the way through, it is very obvious that it's just the continuation. Unlike certain other sequels where... There is a definite start and end. You can see that this is just like one string, one way through. So it's really good. They talk, they introduce a lot more new characters with weird quirks, as you might expect. And the new quirks are great. So it's really good. OPED is also great. Yeah, I think I watched like, what, three, four episodes of Comey. It was okay. I, I enjoyed it. I think the most surprising thing about Comey Can't Communicate, the anime version, is that it's made by OLM, to be honest. Um... It is very pretty still. OLM's a good studio. OLM is a good studio. Um, yeah. I, 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 I the 3D still sucks, though. I won't shit on it that much anymore, but yeah. Yeah. Did you really shit on it, though? You just said it was not that great. It's I like, said they're inconsistent. That's not really shitting. In the end, though, it's like it's hard to keep up consistency if you're not, like, trigger. If you're not, like, Kyoto. Clover- I mean, dude, even Cloverworks has inconsistencies, right? Yeah. I have to say, though, I think OLM is kind of the MVP studio of the season because they have several animes under their belt. Yeah, but how good are they really? We'll find out more as we discuss over the the, the seasonals, right? Right. Uh, again, for, yeah, for me, Comey's okay. I, 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 I'm okay. I wouldn't say I vibe with it, but I'm okay with it. Um, so, yeah. On to the next one. Should we talk about Kaguya-sama Season 3? Yeah. Also known as Kaguya-sama Love is War Ultra Romantic. So... This is, uh, okay, I only got into Kaguya like two months ago, right? So I started watching season one, uh, and then season two, both of them were on Crunchyroll, so it was just an easy watch. Uh, what you would expect from a sort of, you know, romance comedy, but the the script 
the writing and the voice acting are us. Mm. Mamma Mia. It's fucking great. So Kaguya-sama is based on the manga of the same name by A- Aka- Akasaka. Try it, try it, try it. Yeah. yeah, it's like Aka- Akasaka. Published in English by Viz Media is one of the most popular mangas of all time, not on, not only on my anime list, but just within manga in general. Within Jason's heart. Within, within my, my heart. heart, yeah. Um, produced by A1 Pictures for all three of them. And also the OP is sung by the same singer, which is dope as fuck i think when you have that like, it's like linked to horizon when right? you have the same singer for the op when you have the same studio with a1 pictures like that level of consistency just keeps on building and building and building uh there was a bit of a, a heart attack though i remember when we first well, more for you and not for so much for me uh when the first scores started coming out and they weren't very good they weren't very good at all but then um it jumped Common, really, common sense prevailed it is a really 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 good series and now it's skyrocketed back up again yeah so uh 8.96 is fucking phenomenal for any anime there was a period where it was a nine right it was a nine for a little bit a little bit like okay. literally like maybe a day or two i, I think like 8.96 8. Is, is fucking close that's like, the yeah. same score as around attack on titan basically so, right now yeah i mean dude like if it's already like ranked 14th on the platform but, but dude like that's really really good that, that's that's better than most of gintama so it's interesting because at the end of season two which we're going to spoil a little bit because unfortunately if it's, you it's been long enough unfortunately so a lot of rumors were circulating at the end title card of season two that they saw a three and a continue sign so then everyone thought that, like, oh, that's Season 3 announced, even though there was no official announcement. Then there was the announcement of Season 3, so everyone was happy. And then the first thing you see at the beginning of Season 3 is exactly what that is, confirming everyone's suspicions. And I was just like, that's just great. That's just great. It's, it's a very meta show. It's, it's, it's very much like, like understanding that this is what we showed to the audience and the audience like lapped it up. So we're just going to give more to the audience and we know they're going to enjoy it. And boy, yeah, season three, Kaguya-sama is, is great. Like all the characters really lean into it, you know? And it's, it's, just... it's, it's it, it, again, like Jason said, more of the same. But like if it's more Kaguya, that's fucking brilliant like i have no problems with it whatsoever i fully agree with the score it has right now on my anime list uh very very strong it's it's almost absolutely going to be a nine yeah so uh i think though with kaguya-sama especially with season two there is a bit more emotional arcs definitely more drama yeah and more drama and i anticipate that similarly with season three there will be some of that as well but right now just comedic hijinks stupid i will never look at the whatsapp note read notification the same again one thing that uh i would hope for with kaguya is and i know that it's kind of going in that direction right now is that they don't overdo it that they don't keep running this too long and i have a feeling that they are like taking note of that because i from what i've read uh on the internet on the internet uh on reddit and so on uh that there is like a defined end period for the manga. Uh, so we know that it's going to be reaching its climax in the near future, which means I hope that you know, as we get subsequent seasons of Kaguya-sama, however many more there may be, that's, uh, there, there are going to be times when like certain gags kind of get a little stale. Luckily, what we've seen so far from season three, it still feels fresh. It still feels fun. And I, I, I'm happy to just keep watching it. I'm very happy to keep watching it. Yeah, I think everything that you would expect 
of the quality from season one and two is the same, if not maybe even better later on. We'll find out. With so, a little more spice, a little more, a few more cherries on top of the cake. Yeah. Not just one this time. It's 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 definitely like if you have watched season one and two, you I don't know why you aren't watching season three. Uh, and if you haven't checked out Kakuya yet, do what I did. Just binge all two seasons in one go. It's twelve season. It's twelve episodes per season. So easy watch. All right. The next show is a show that only I watched, which is Science Fell in Love. So I tried to prove it season two. There's quite a lot of things that only you watched. Yeah. Well, you yeah. burden yourself with such a heavy weight. Yeah, it feels heavy, but now it's lifting it off my shoulders ever so slightly by talking it out with you. So science? science fell in love, so I tried to prove it. R equals one minus sine theta. For those who are not knowledgeable about graphing and so on and so forth, that formula at the end is basically a heart shape if you were to draw it in your T TI-84 calculator. So, oh, um, you actually use a TI-84. Yeah. Okay. I thought you were older, so you would have used a TI-83. Well, I had to upgrade. Okay. I started with a TI-84. Shows how young I am. I, I I had to do that for AP stats. Did you end up playing, you know, like, did you end up installing Doom or I, Mario? I didn't install Doom, but I, I had like one of those like uh, shooters, uh, like Space Invaders. Ah, uh, yeah. I had Mario on my one. Word. Okay. Anyways, uh, this show's second season kind of carries off the same vibe as the first season, which is basically looking at a statistical approach towards trying to quantify love between these two people that clearly are in love with one another, but want to prove it scientifically. Uh, they continue with that shtick, but this time they have shown some new characters that show different dynamics. So I originally thought that, oh, it's just going to be same shit, different day in a bad way because it's going to be very formulaic. But instead, they are turning it around such that now that they have laid out the groundwork, they put the characters in different situations. They have a model to follow, and you learn about statistics. So, to be fair, if it's talking about scientific formulas to prove love, wouldn't you say that the format is rather formulaic? All right, what's the next show, Will? Uh, we, uh, I think the next one is is still you. Actually, uh, we've got Demon Girl Next Door, season two. All right, so Demon Girl Next Door is a very interesting show because of all the shows that I have watched, I watched the first season of this most recently just so that I can watch season two. Yeah, you kind of binged season one like um, like three weeks ago. Yeah, that's correct. Um, And it is about a demon girl who just reawoken her powers from her ancestors that she uh, you know, inherited from her ancestors, and then she has to kill... A magical girl. Well, it turns out that she is weak as fuck, as in the demon girl is weak as fuck, and the magical girl is OP as fuck. And then uh, hijinks ensues, and it's pretty funny. In fact, it's very funny and very well written. And um, similarly with all the other sequels that we mentioned before, they once they laid down the groundwork of the main character losing to the magical girl under circum various circumstances, they now have some sort of bond and friendship and whatnot all the characters that introduced are now obviously you've seen them before so then now they evolve the story to uncover the mystery and uh, their their friendship with one another that's it it's right. really good really funny and so, so yeah so you crushed all of season one in preparation for season two which aired this season yeah worth the binge i think it is worth the binge because i was ready to you know write it off but it actually was pretty funny it's just it's just, when you see the poster on my anime list like for the season it's kind of unassuming two cute girls just 
you know, making poses, and that's really it. But then again, it's like if you don't know much about it to begin with, then it wouldn't really mean much. So you would have to have watched season one anyway. Right. Yeah, it's cute girls doing cute things, but in this way, it is very funny. I, I, I can't really explain further, but they elaborate on uh, the plot in season two, which is very welcomed. I think if you like season one, there's absolutely no reason why you shouldn't watch season two. Cool. The next thing that this was something I want to talk about because the last thing we'll talk about for the seasonal sequels, uh, both of us have something to say about it. Uh, the next one isn't a TV series. Isn't it's not like airing under the new TV series section for anime list. Rather, it is an original net animation exclusive to Netflix. I'm talking about Ultraman season two. Boy, was I hyped when season two finally dropped because it would have been three long years before season, what you know, two years, two or three years, something like that, uh, for a season one to drop. So based on the manga, as well as a live TV action series of the same name, uh, there is, of course, uh, an English uh, version of the manga, which is published by Viz Media. Uh, and I'm lucky enough to, well, not lucky enough, I um, had to sink into my bank account to be able to purchase those um, those copies of manga. Not cheap. Goddamn. You, yeah, keep I mean, say, you keep saying the manga is expensive, I know, but it's like, I really want these, I really want this manga. Yeah, I mean, that's why I spent that much money, and that's why Azuka or some stuff like that are great. Yeah, manga plus two, right? Like, if it's just, like, free or, like, cheap subscriptions, why the hell not? Um, so, the series is still produced by uh, Production IG, as well as Solo Digital Arts, which primarily handles the 3D. Now, 3D, contentious, you know, it's a little topic here. It's most of the time implemented, eh. Sometimes really amazing, but unfortunately, like 25 to 30% of the time, the 3D is god-awful. Uh, I, th- this is just my opinion. I know a lot of people will have other things to say about Ultraman in terms of the 3D. I think it looks fine. I think it looks completely fine. In fact, I find enough for me to like thoroughly enjoy it. Uh, it, it carries on from Season 1, but as a, as a little disclaimer... Uh, this is something I found out only after reading the manga as well. There is a huge kind of divergence from the source material. I wouldn't say it's like loosely based, but it's more like certain characters are introduced or removed to be able to speed up the series. And the reason why is because season one being around 10 to 12 episodes, I think it's 12 episodes, actually adapted eight volumes of manga. And then season two, only six episodes. But it covers up to see volume twelve of the manga. So, so for a lot of people, obviously chapters and volumes vary in terms of what they adapt. But I guess a, for a the most part, like on average, like, it's like two or three, two hundred pages per per volume yeah. of manga. Like on average, you would say like eight eight chapters, twenty five pages, twenty five pages per chapter, something something. The like thing that. is that certain certain like Attack on Titan, each chapter is really long same whereas with, same with jojo whereas yeah. komi it's like 10 pages yeah. so so a volume could have 20 chapters it could have four but usually i would say a rule of thumb is 2.5 volumes yeah Any, yeah yeah like, like every chapter being around 25 to 30 pages so you would expect anywhere from 8 to 10 chapters per volume uh yeah basically imagine like doing 90 90 chapters worth of material in season one and then another 40 to 45 for season two now, it is a divergence from the source material, but the characters themselves are still the same, okay? Uh, it's still fucking crazy watching the show. And for me, it's just, you know, something I grew up with my childhood, right? Like, all the Ultramen they f- actually feature in the 
in 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 the in the the, the manga and the anime series are the original six. You got Ultraman Leo, Ultraman himself. You got uh, you also got uh, Ultra Seven, Ultraman Taro, uh, and then you've got like the other variations of the of the Ultraman afterwards. It's not up to the Tiga Dyna Gaia era yet, which is personally my favorite era because that's also where it was like the peak of Ultraman. But uh, we probably won't ever see that because I think that uh, the manga should be running to its close end uh and also spoiler alert too uh there was an announcement uh that uh ultraman season three which comes out next year will also be the final season so essentially they're sort of wrapping up the ultraman series itself as, at least for the anime version because they're also rolling out a lot of live action shit as well so i think that's like we've done our part it's done well for the manga as well time to move on back to our roots which is to do Live animation, because I think that they're actually releasing a new Ultraman this year. So. Furthermore, uh, all, this is a Netflix exclusive, so you would watch it on Netflix. Yeah, so you can't really watch it anywhere else. I, mean, I think I also said it was a Netflix exclusive as well. Um, so, yeah, like if you're an Ultraman fan and you love watching season one, you will have no problem with watching season two. If you're not an Ultraman fan, on the other hand, I don't know why you would want to watch it. That's just that's just kind of it, really. Um, yeah, it's for the hardcore fan base. And for people who just want more Ultraman before they wait for the live action to drop again this year. All right. The last sequel that we will talk about is The Rising of the Shield Hero Season 2, based on the light novel of the same name by uh, Yusagi Aneko and Sarah Minami for the art. Good pronunciation. Published in English by One Piece Books. You've heard it. There's an English manga adaptation also published by One Piece Books. First season came out ages ago. Very, very popular. Um, Revenge Karma, kind of at its finest. Specifically the season one, though. Yes. Because so- season two... Uh, okay, there's a reason why like I wanted to leave this as last for the sequels discussion. And uh, I think Jason has you know his, his own two cents as well. It's okay. It's, it's not phenomenal. To be fair, season one was also like, if we take away the revenge aspect of it as well, it was it was decent. Yes. But the but the revenge part, like pushed it up above an eight. And I think the climactic battle near the end of season one kind of implies a grander mystery behind a lot of things, which I was excited by to the point where I would read the manga at the time. So I have read, I guess, very much past the current episode, but obviously I would expect past season two and into season three territory. Um, and I have quite a bit to say about the first couple of episodes of Shield Hero season two. Originally, Will and I thought that this show would be above an eight. I think, yeah, when we were like sort of discussing it, it was like, uh, it was going to be Kaguya, it was going to be Kingdom, it was going to be Spy, blah, blah, blah. The sixth one was for us almost guaranteed to be a rising of the shield hero season two. And then of course, you know, cause Jason had that little wild card. It's like, Hey, maybe one of these is going to be like an eight. I'll give myself a little bit of a, a buffer. I'll say seven. I think both of us were like, we knew this wouldn't be a strong eight, but I don't think either of us were prepared for this to be this low. Currently it holds a 7.25. So like this morning you updated it. It was a 7.27. So within like, two hours it's dropped a further 0.02 uh what's what went wrong though what what's what's wrong with it because like for me it's like i'm watching it purely from an anime perspective but you have watched it 
with prior knowledge having read ahead with the manga. So without trying to be all hoity-toity and be like, oh, I, I know more than you, I think one of the main issues was when I watched the very beginning of the second season, episode one, all of a sudden there are all these characters that I recognize that I know a lot about, but I was like, they didn't really show up that much in season one or maybe it's the tail end. And I looked back and they were implied that they were there, but there were very little kind of context, honestly. And then all of a sudden now they're kind of like an integral part. There's a bunch of things that apparently happened in between the two seasons that to me, I knew what was going on, but I was like, this is why, like why? And that all happened within like the first 10 minutes of episode one because other developments happened in the second half. And then the end of episode one, just like, I had no idea what the fuck had happened. And then I explained it to you because I watched it first and then you watched it afterwards and you watched it further on and you're like, wow, they actually skipped a lot of things. Or like they jumbled a lot of shit into episode one. Yeah, I think the pacing of the first two episodes in particular is especially egregious, like phenomenally egregious. Um, And honestly, I understand because in order to get to the action-y part, there is a huge chunk where it's just talking and I guess exposition. But some of those expositions were quite important for certain, especially the side characters that they pretty much didn't really mention. They showed it. They had like a couple of lines, but that's it. But they're actually quite important in the long run. But to just throw them out, kind of like whatever, then all of a sudden there is a war. There's a bunch of random factions that show up. And then, oh, by the way, uh, the four cardinal heroes, uh, that's, let's just say that um, there's something more to that, let's just say. And it's just revealed, dropped, like as if it was just common knowledge. When Afumi is just like, wait, what the fuck? Like, what? What? Like, how? How come I didn't know about this? And then everyone explained it like, yeah, you're dumbass. You should know this. And it's just like, ah, so, okay. I think season two is not going to be that good because... So, but the thing is though, right now it's a 7.25. Do you think it's fully deserved? Will, do you think it's like 7.25? Do you think it's it's deserved and it'll stay there? Or are you perhaps like having read ahead? Are you cautiously like positive or at least optimistic that it could improve from here on out because this can't drop below a seven can it, it won't i don't think it'll drop below a seven i don't think it will get anywhere close to an eight i think a four point a seven point five seven point four two a very a very mid seven then. i can't believe we're saying that but yes a very mid seven so look at the end of the day if you want to see rising of the shield hero give the first couple of episodes a shot especially Watch Beyond Season uh, Episode 2. If you don't like it, well... Or you are, like, cautiously optimistic. Hey, look, like, there is also Season 3 coming out sometime next year. And to be honest, what's happening during the events of Season 2 is not as good as what happens later on. So even if you were to read the manga, it would be like, okay, I can see why it slows down. It's just that with the way it was done in the manga, I guess also in the light novel too, uh, it's probably better than if you were to watch i mean at least now it's like there's a reason why the score is so low yeah i I, but at the end of the day the first couple of episodes i don't think are very uh good for the series overall especially after there's a third season that we know is coming so the other thing is well i think it's it's only one cur right yeah so a quarter of your season is already done and that's where you set the bar 
it's 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 really hard to make that kind of if if it was like a twenty four like a two cur anime, you got plenty of time to recover, my guy. But like with only three episodes out of twelve, and it's already sunk thirteen. This low. Oh, thirteen. Yeah, even yeah. then, yeah, a, true, true, it's, true. It's like it's hard, right? You got you got to really like pull up your bootstraps and actually work. And to be honest, I think towards the end of the first cur of season one was it starting to really become you know the thing that we all know now as Rising of the Shield Hero. Yeah, that's not beating around the bush either. Like, for the most part, season one was also, like, okay. But, like, the, the overriding revenge arc, right? The redemption of the Shield Hero as well. Like, that was fucking awesome. Great. Yeah. Do you let's remember what episode days. that was? Uh, what, the, the, the sentencing? or Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, all that. Uh, I think it was, like, two episodes before? It's, like, either to episode 23 or 24, uh, 22 or 23. Because they because they were doing something else for the last episode. It was wait twenty two twenty three. It was I thought. Oh no no. Oh wait no. It was a one cur. Yeah, episode like ten or eleven. Yeah okay. Something yeah, like that. Yeah sorry. I was like I was like what? I okay. forgot it was a one cur as well. So um, yeah. So that's why I'm trying to say that at the end of the first cur onwards is when kind of everything starts to have momentum. And similarly, right now it's very dry, very slow, and. The pacing actually is too fast for anyone to keep up. So, but then who knows what happens in the last two, three episodes? It might just suddenly blow up, and then you're back to like a seven point eight. Yeah, then we're gonna eat our words and say we're sorry, guys, but also not sorry because that's how. But our there, there, there has to be like diminishing returns at this point where it's like we talk about like oh, let's just give this anime you know a couple, a, a chance, give it like six episodes to get good, right? No, it's but, three episodes in general. Yeah, but that but this one it's like it seems consistent with how it was for season one. Where you have to watch like six to seven episodes before it gets good. It I, was it was the same in season one, and the payoff was fine. But then in season two, it's like. You you know more than I, or not? Like, do you feel that the payoff will work out? It's hard to say because it depends if the action scenes are well choreographed. Is what I would say, and if the mystery that ties you on later on, if people buy into it, because I bought into it, but it's it's really hard to sort of determine at this point. So I, but to give you some indication, listeners, I have not dropped season two, but I put it on hold indefinitely until at the very least until the cur is over because i just don't need to watch anymore yeah no, give yeah. it a chance like don't completely like just pass this because if you've if you've watched and liked season one yeah you should still at least check it out and see whether this works for you but like don't go in with too high expectations you don't want to be burned that quickly and raftilia doesn't really show up that much as before so no no no, no. okay that wraps up the seasonal sequels of spring 2022 uh some good some amazing uh, and some where we were kind of i'd say like lightly disappointed and uh things could get better or it could just be of a, a solidification of no we're disappointed about these shows so we're going into the new stuff the stuff that debuted fresh fresh announcements fresh new series most of them adaptations i don't know if there is any originals yes there is which one Healer Girl. Okay. Okay. We'll talk about that uh, when the order comes up. So uh, we'll just go by whatever order is in here. Uh, the first one, do you want to take the spotlight? I think you want to go with you want to go with Couple of Cuckoos? Yeah. So A Couple of Cuckoos actually was um, an anime that premiered this week on the 24th. So there, Or like last week. There was only one episode out. Yeah, so had we had we done it when like most of the seasonals premiered, we would have missed out on a lot of things. We would have missed out on Summertime Render. We would have missed out on Cuckoo. We would have missed out uh, on the Bubble movie as well. So it it only made sense that like 
okay, let's just say it as well. We if we if we gave series at least like two to three episodes, it would be much more objective in terms of how we view the series as opposed to just watching one episode and saying, "Oh, skip it, stream it, watch it, whatever." Right? Yeah, and at that point, if if we were to do a first impressions, I would prefer to have two separate episodes, one on first impressions, and then one several episodes later. But we're not going to do that. So right. So how's your impression of Cuckoo after watching only one episode? <laughs> I actually read the first a volume <laughs> yeah, of the yeah, manga. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's based off of the manga of the same name by uh, Miki Yashikawa, published in English by uh, Kodansha, produced by Sinager SP and Shine Animation. Yeah, dude, like two classics. So I've got to say, though, that the manga ratings don't really give much confidence. I think uh, I need to mention the Mao scores for the anime and the manga because the Mao score for the manga source is a 6.97. Gross. But popularity is five two zero, so there's a lot of popularity. Yeah, that's like one of the biggest skews. Where like it's it's ranked like close to like the bottom, like the top eight thousand. Like okay, there's a that's a lot of anime. But like when you're veering close to the top five hundred, like that kind of disparity is is kind of crazy. But the anime ranks a seven point six seven, ranked one one seven eight, and popularity one six two six. And also the number of members are four times as much as the manga, which makes sense. I read the first volume of the manga and I thought it was complete trash. The storyline is very much akin to those rent-a-girlfriends, quintessential quintuplets. But this time it's about a guy and a girl who was switched at birth. And then after they were switched at birth, they grew up in their separate families. And then I get at some point realized that they are not their biological child or the child's biological parents are the other ones so then they decide to meet together somehow uh the two meet up before the meeting of the four parents and kind of had hijinks and then at the end of the day they realize that like hey hey you seem like a cool person you always seem like a cool person and then they saw each other again during the dinner of the two parents and they're like oh hey you guys know each other, then you guys should get married. Because that way, because, you know, that's how logic that, works. That's how it fixes all the problems, Yeah, right? and not just that, but because when you get married, we will, both of you would be our children. Because even though I care about my adopted children, because he or she grew up in our household, I also care about my biological children. So if both of you just marry each other right now, just makes sense, right, my dude? That's, that's kind of how they used to do it in, like, the feudal ages, where it's like, oh, uh, you just want to, like, unify families gain power gain land fine marry this one is more just like oh uh you want to forget about your childhood traumas of not being raised by your birth parents that's cool why don't you marry the daughter that they raised that also turned out to be our real daughter okay one plus one equals two so that aside there's also like a mini harem because guess what because the brother is not the guy is not uh biologically related to the family the younger sister now has some thoughts. Furthermore, then there is the class idol, and then there is obviously the main girl character. All right. I have to say, though, the the anime is way better than the manga, even though the plot points and everything are exactly the same. Yeah. So, yeah, we're talking, like, almost a whole point. In fact, like, it's, it's, it's 0.7 points higher for the my anime list ranking on the anime compared to the manga so what happened why why is it that much better because because usually it's like there's always like a, a 0.1 0.2 kind of difference or, or they're more or less the same uh or the manga is vastly better than the anime this on the other hand though is like 
the other way around. So why? I think the fact that it is animated helps a lot. Obviously, like, hey, it's animated, so it's better than manga. No, not, no, not necessarily. Usually, actually, it's the other way around. Here, with the voice acting, they really emphasize the fact that the family is different, but this guy still loves his adoptive parents and family. In fact, he doesn't want to go back to his biological parents. And yeah, okay, that's a very easy sentiment to show. But uh, very early in the first episode, the main character kind of takes care of the whole family and you can actually see like evidence of like, hey, characterization, oh. And it just feels more dynamic as opposed to just showing panels where there's not really much context. And the it gets a bit more emotional, I guess, than the manga, but it's not like, oh, crying. It's just like, oh, yeah, it's done better in the anime. That That's really it. And I think the voice actors and actresses all do a way better job than I give it credit for because it could easily be a throwaway role, but they actually like lean in heavily to the archetype of both of these characters. Right. So, couple of cuckoos, watch it or drop it. I would say watch it. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Especially if you don't want, if you don't have a rent a girlfriend slash you know quintuplets thing to watch today. I mean this some this season. Everybody needs to have one of those every season, right? Yep. You got to have your mainstay, your stable of a specific anime series to keep you going per season. Uh, so just like for example, uh, hey, you you like Comey, right? But can't get enough of Comey. Well, here's another Comey-esque show. Aharon is indecipherable. Both of us have actually watched it. Funny enough, I when I saw the poster, I was like, this looks kind of cute. I will watch it. But then also at the same time, I didn't really care for Comey. So I wondered, like, is, is, is there something different about Aharon so than Comey? It is based off of the manga of the same name by Asato Mizu. There's no, no English, English release. Moment, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, the score of the manga is 7.63. And... Um, Produced very, by Felix Films. Very run-of-the-mill sort of stats right now for the uh, the manga. I think the anime itself as well is like not too different. It's 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 actually quite similar in terms of how it's portrayed in the manga and how it's portrayed in the anime. So general kind of plot synopsis follows the titular character Aharen. It's a very small and extremely soft-spoken uh, schoolgirl, uh, and she's. She's not just in the way where like Komi doesn't really know how to talk to people. Uh, Aharen doesn't really know how to interact with people to the point where like it's either invasive of personal space. She doesn't really pick up well on social cues. Doesn't know really how to talk to people. But she sits next to a classmate of hers, Matsuboshi, who, unfortunate for him, very nice guy, very gentle, understanding, friendly, but he has a constant scowl on his face. He looks like he would rip you apart at any moment. He just looks mean as hell. So people kind of stand away and back off from him. But in, in, in nature, he's actually a very, very kind-hearted person. And it's about the kind of the friendship and possible romantic relationship between the, the, the two titular characters. It's, it's like, it's you know it's like, it's there, but they never go into it. it's like a it's like a romance cocktease kind of thing. So I think this show is funnier than Comey, whereas Comey I think is more impactful because I think a lot of people are going to make this comparison. I think Ahadin's comedic is more like comedy is more slapstick, and uh, I my favorite part involves a teacher actually and her monologue during uh, Ahadin. Do you know what I'm talking about? And I think that in that is just funny. It, it was also like for the first time when I realized like uh, there was actually a specific 
genre for these kinds of anime manga, which is iyashike, which literally means it's calming, healing, therapeutic. But for the most part, nothing actually happens. And it's true with this, right? It's literally Aharen trying to feed Matsuboshi a meatball from her uh, lunchbox. Or maybe, oh, uh, I want to go to a crane game. Oh, and she's just staring at the crane game. It's like, oh, uh, okay, I'm going to win it for you. But it turns out that she was standing there the whole time trying to break the system and actually kick ass at crane games. Like, nothing happens. It's it's like it's like a different kind of version of cute girls doing cute things. It's fluffy people doing absolutely fucking nothing, but it feels fluffy watching them do it. Yeah, and it's like Rido trying to interpret or figure out what Aharon is trying to say, and then they they go through this trial and error thing of like, why don't we try this? Why don't we try that? And then those are supposed to be comedic. You you, you gotta you, you gotta give props to Rido Matsuboshi for doing all that shit because it's like he knows that like it's hard to talk to this girl and like she has trouble trying to communicate with people funny enough not communicate how to interact with people i don't want to mix it up so it's like but this is just like kobe it's like no it's not but i can see why you would say that right i think a lot of people would but i think aharen the fact that it's called aharen is indecipherable is actually very important because you actually don't really understand her intent you don't know what she's doing one minute she's doing this one minute she's doing that it makes no sense but then when you hear her her rationale and her reasoning actually it does make sense but you just didn't know yeah uh, for me, I, I'd say watch it. Absolutely watch it. I think it's very fluffy, very wholesome, kind of stupid, but in like a very funny way. Uh, it's definitely above average for sure. Yeah. Probably a 7.5 to 8. Yeah, I it's like a 7.75 if you can even have that. It's, yeah. it's, it's very close to being an 8. Personally for me, I think Jason would be like around that same number No, I'll as give well. it an 8, I'm pretty sure. But yeah. I think it's really good. Okay, on to something that I have watched on my own. Uh, Ao Ashi. Uh, which is a soccer, or if you're uh, in the UK, football-based uh, uh, sports anime, uh, which is produced by Production IG, based on the anime of the same name by Yugo Kobayashi and Nahiko Ueno. Uh, so, publish- God, you're so much better at these name pronunciations. Nihongo uh, wakarimasu. Okay, uh, the, the English manga is published by Shokuka. Shogakukan Asia. Um, now, okay, so get this, right? The the mal source is uh, for, for for the mal sets for the manga source really good. Raw score of eight point two two in the top four hundred on ranking. Uh, now, however, of course, members wise, very very small, right? Like, understand it's manga, but it's like only seven thousand eight hundred people on the on the members list for Awashi. That's that's a pittance, right? Uh, what and the fact as well is that when we're talking like soccer slash football, anime and manga, you got Captain Spasa, right? And then you also have more recently Blue Lock, so which is gonna come out I think next yeah. season or fall. Yeah, yeah, very, very, very soon. Uh, so what's up with Aoashi? So Aoashi is um, more focused on like the actual like football slash. Soccer. I'm just saying football because even though like I'm Canadian, uh, I I grew up in Hong Kong. So therefore, British system, we say football. So I'll say football. Uh, so it's a young a young kid who, for the longest time, wants to be uh, a really, really, really good football player. But because of the way he plays, he's very self-centered, doesn't really interact well with other players. But he's got this really good football brain. And he knows how to uh, run into spaces, create, uh, use techniques to be able to open up distance between opponents and be able to create openings for his teammates to score. But he's still always going to be the pivotal centerpiece of the team. Uh, so he's a cocky piece of shit that doesn't really play well with other players. However, he then gets scouted by a 
professional football team in Japan, uh, which is, I believe, uh, FC Tokyo Offshoot. It's essentially a, a, a rebrand of them because uh, FC Tokyo does exist. Uh, and then he goes on to trial, learns how to like properly play as a functioning member within the team rather than being like a one-man team uh and you just start seeing like more analysis you start seeing more focus on how characters move like within the field being able to play out specific passes stand in specific spaces create uh scenarios where you can put pressure on opponents it's a very technical show um, but 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 then it's also like you get their your occasional hype moments, character developments. Uh, it's very very different from Subasa, very different from Blue Lock because Subasa is very much like that that hope because there was always periods of Japan doing kind of bad at World Cups at international football competitions, but then they would get to the World Cup. And then they would host the World Cup, and they would actually start doing really, 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 really well. And it was always like we're trying to find that gem, that golden boy to be able to lead Japan as a nation to the world of the top of the world in football. Blue Lock, on the other hand, is just it's just a death game. It's it's not really it's, there really isn't much technique into it. So like as much as I like the premise of it, I wouldn't really count it in the same realm of sports anime because there's really not that much focus in terms of technique and positioning. It's more just we need to find the best player in all Japan. We're gonna put him through a gauntlet and actually you know kill off nine hundred kids before we get to that one kid who's gonna be the best striker in Japan. Uh, by the way, they don't get killed off, just so you know. They get exiled. They lose their careers. That's pretty much death sentence for any aspiring yeah, but, young professional. But they don't actually physically die. Oh man, talk to an ex professional. Oh okay. Metaphorically they die. That is true. They yeah. do. So, so what is Io so it seems that Ayoashi is not only critically acclaimed in terms of uh I'm gonna say soccer, sorry, a soccer manga. But uh, from what I understand, what you're saying is it is more on the nitty-gritty technical detail side rather than the crazy, like, hype artificial moments that, like, let's say Blue Lock because everyone's going to make that comparison. Yeah. If if anything, this is more sort of like a like an introduction into what soccer or football. Uh, okay, I'm sorry I'm confusing everybody because I've grown up on both sides of the world. It's kind of like... They say soccer there. They say so- they say football here. Um, it, it's definitely more on the technical aspects of the sport as opposed to the hype moments. You do you do get them, but it's more you want to go into the fundamentals before you start breaking into the more hype and more like eye catching moments. Um, now, of course, no surprise it being production IG. There are going to be some comparisons as to how it stacks up to Haikyuu because Haikyuu is quite possibly the most popular sports manga and anime of all time unless you stack it up against Captain Tsubasa then or Slam Dunk or Slam Dunk then it's like it's a little bit uh, less clear there but at least in the modern era Haikyuu takes the crown no doubt um it's unfair to compare the two though because with Haikyuu it's like you do get the you, you do get the fundamentals you do get like some of the like insights into technique but for the most part, I don't think that most people who got into Haikyuu in the first place were necessarily hardcore hike, like, like volleyball fans. I mean, usually with all these like edutainment or sports anime mangas, I don't give a shit about the topic. But then through like the anime or the manga, I started to learn certain terms, the appreciation, the technical knowledge, how be it like, like small or large that is. So, yeah. With Aoashi, I think with only a couple episodes out right now, it's hard to 
really get people who might not be into the world of soccer um, and uh, actually like vibe with it because it's such a it, it's such a like overlay on technical terms that it might scare some people off. I think like for example, if you were to watch it, you would be like, okay, I can see how like you play different formations, you have different like positions, that's how you you know, kick the ball to be able to create space. But like where's the story? Where is this really going? And I feel like a lot of people would feel that way. Um the score is okay though. 7.66 that's pretty good. For I think it's like if you have a strong affinity to soccer or football, then you will really enjoy this. If you don't, then it's a bit of a hit or miss. Like I would say wait till the season's over and then see if someone else has finished it. And like so, for example, me, like I might take like once it's done, once the curve is done, I'll tell you, yeah, it's absolutely worth it. So you're going to continue watching it, but you're for, for own, for, for own personal reasons, but you're recommending to some people a wait and see approach. It's like least. a hold. It's like a hold, right? Okay. Like put it on your hold list. Don't drop it because it could get better. But I think if it's, if it goes too deep down that technical path, then it won't be a watch for most people. But what happens if it is that technical show? So it is niche for those people that want it. If right? it's people like me who are like huge like soccer heads, like then yeah, totally watch it. I think like from it's like it's like watching uh, like bend it like Beckham, except that um, it's not as well done because we're talking about a small scale anime compared to a huge movie production. Um, so for the soccer fans who also like anime, check it out. Otherwise, just wait till the season ends and then see if it's something that's worth putting on your watch list. Now, the next movie that Will and I are going to talk about is Ooh. a very, very, uh, actually... Uh, I was kind of hoping we put this at the end because it was, oh, really? we have okay. a lot. But the, okay, you now, know now, now that you brought it up, we well, let's do it now. Let's talk about Bubble. So this is an anime original that is on Netflix for April 28th. So it came out a couple of days ago. Yeah, you guys got time to listen to the fucking stag, stacked staff list for this. All right. So it is directed by Tetsuo Araki, also known as the director for Attack on Titan, Kabaneri, and High School of the Dead. The primary script writer is Gen Urobuchi, which is the original creator for Fate Zero, the writer and serious composition for psychopaths and madoka magica do i have your attention now oh by the way the music is by hiroyuki sawano also known as the han zimmer of anime music who did the music composer music composer for aot 86 kabineri kill a kill promare the list goes on and on and on with like blue exorcist i think seraph of the end and the original character design is done by takashi obata also known as the character designer for Death Note, Bakuman Platinum End, and Hikaru no Go, produced by Wit Studio, with a runtime of one hour forty minutes. God, stop! I, there's only so much. There's, there's only so much I can take before I get fully erect. <laughs> this, 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 this whole staff list is fucking insane. So when I, when Will and I heard this staff list, this went from something that I did not care about to almost being the most anticipated thing airing right around this time if not the most important thing and when you consider movies it has a different kind of ball game compared to anime series because it's condensed into what essentially is a couple episodes of anime the budget is usually higher and the staff list is so fucking stacked it's insane so the story is basically in this in tokyo known around tokyo tower to be precise there is a bubble where gravity kind of goes apeshit. 
and it's about these people who parkour for resources. Yeah, and, and uh, it's kind of like this. Just, like, just to give like a tiny, tiny, tiny spoiler. Like, as a result of the bubble explosion, it creates an alternate reality, but that still exists within Japan. So it's right. basically, basically, the area around Tokyo Tower is the bubble world. Yeah, and inside gravity acts weird because there's these bubbles, literally, like literal bubbles, and also all oh, these. By like, the way, did you know the story? The movie is called Bubble. Yeah, there's going to be bubbles everywhere. Yeah, that like do weird things to gravity and so on and so forth. And then all of a sudden, a mysterious girl shows up, and you get your Kudere main character guy who's really good at parkour. Then this bubble girl shows up. <laughs> you don't know what she's about, but obviously you know throughout the movie. Yada, yada, yada. They bond. They help each other. They love each other, maybe? All right. Let's let's get the 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 main thing out of the way first. The music and the visuals are incredibly fucking believable. If we just go by visuals and audio components of the movie Bubble. Oh, by the way, it's on Netflix exclusive. Um, but the audio and visual component is 11 out of 10, in my opinion. It, it, is, it looks fantastic oh do you remember like when vivi looked good imagine that but like all the time do you remember like the hype music moments when levi like rallied up the survey Corps in season three and like got everyone rallied up to go and kick some ass with that music in the background yeah no no this is better bubble is better (laughs) because honestly to me the parkour elements and like the dynamic kind of camera angles they do like 360 up down it's not just static, and then when they up the ante to make it so that they jump like and run real fast, it looks gorgeous, like like crazy good, like better than Attack on Titan. That's that's how good it is. It it's just great. Now it's a tall statement too, but I mean like when the when the people who worked on Attack on Titan seasons one two three are also doing this like. Yeah, no, I think we're well within our right to make that comparison. So, yeah, yeah I'm sorry you're an AOT fanboy. Fan we girl, are AOT fans as well. But Bubble looked fucking incredible. Um, hands down, I- I'd say Bubble wins that when, round. Yeah, when we watched it, not live, but like in person, like over Discord, there were moments where we just did not talk because it was just really good kinetic movement action. Like, it's just great. It's just, and then adding with the music, the EDM kind of mixed with kind of the swelling of the classical instruments it's just phenomenal then we go into the everything else which okay also i guess the other thing i'll say is that the character designs look okay with obata oh, i thought they look great yeah they, they're great but like i don't think they stand out that much well you know why there are certain parts certain scenes where the character designs do stand out but i i i, I get you i get you for the most part it's it's great, but like it's not that different from what we're from what we're used to. Um, but that that's all the good parts of Bubble. Um, as much as it's got fantastic music, animation, character design, the um, the the story is very mid, my guy. Dude, don't say mid. But okay, yeah, this I think the story is is not. There's no there's no story. There is, but there really isn't. It's 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 there as like. A distraction, really. All right, let me, let, me, let me phrase it another way. After watching Bubble, I am convinced what happened was, uh, you know, like Araki or someone was like, hey, 
we should make a film about parkour that is kind of like Gravity Rush. You know that video game that we all like? Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's like, imagine that, but with parkour and kind of like this weird... Do you ever play um, that, um, that iPhone game Temple Run? Yeah. It's, there were scenes literally where it was like, this is just like fucking Temple Run, but, except it's really fucking gorgeous. Right. So what they did was they grabbed that premise and then designed a story around that. Because honestly, the selling point cannot be the story. It is so bad. Actually, you know what? It's not bad. It's just non-existent. Which is a shame because the writer comes with such a strong pedigree that you would have thought that they would have given this enough time to actually flesh out a good story. But it just felt like an afterthought. So apparently there were three credits for the script. Mm. And the secondary writers are Naoko Sato and Renji Oki. And Bubble is their both of their first work. Yeah. So we don't really know to what extent all the writers had in terms of their impact on the script. Um Suffice to say, it was, that that was the that was the first major letdown of of Bubble. I think Bubble is okay. Look, if if you should still watch, I think like if you ha- if 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 the hard choice was either to drop it or to watch it, I would still lean towards watch it because it really is breathtaking. But just don't. There were, there were, we, had, we had we literally had like several moments of just. Five minutes out, three minutes out, just watching in awe like what the fuck was happening on the screen. Yeah, and um, the characters are kind of cool. They are archetypes, right? But still, like, they're okay. But also the villain is kind of not really a villain or yeah. kind of a villain, like, very short. And then somehow everyone's cool with one another. Then everyone's like, oh, EK, you know, like, the like, oh, go save everyone. And I was just like, okay. It, it, it's it's, it's an it's a okay time. Like you should go check it out again. It's not that long. Hour of forty minutes is really not that long, um, but uh, watch and just like just just take in the the magnificence that is the music and the visuals and the seamless action. It is definitely eye candy and ear candy, I guess. Oh, the music was so good. So Will gave it uh, at the end of the day a seven. I had to give it a seven. I, I think gave... I think like in the end, like look, the music and the and the and the animation don't take anything away from it, but the plot was like a very very heavy detriment to the overall enjoyment for myself. So I think seven is a fair score in my yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, I think seven is a fair score as well. All right, on to our next show. We actually have a lot of shows to talk about. Oh my god, some of these we can breeze quickly through. Um, should I just go to uh, dance, dance, dance? Yeah. All right. Dance Dance Dancer is a uh, anime that was based on the manga of the same name by Asakura George, who did both the story and the art. The manga is okay. It did, the score is a seven point three one, uh, ranked in the top ten thousand. Not very very well known, but you know it's got enough uh, attention to get itself a decent score. Uh, so this was uh, produced by Mappa. So you know there's going to be a pretty decent level of quality with this adaptation. Uh, so the story itself follows a young man uh, named uh, Junpei, who uh, I think in the beginning was uh, you know taking a nap uh, in the middle of his sister's uh, ballet recital. Uh, and then as soon as he started slowly waking up, he found this 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 buxom, like, strapping male ballet dancer step on the stage and just move with grace and destroy the stage with extremely strong and powerful moves like dancing gracefully across the stage and Junpei was just like in love fucking loved it uh but at the same time at the same time he was also you know a martial arts kid he really liked doing jikundo and uh wanted to really hone his craft you know because he wanted to you know exert like you know what it means to really be a man you know top term manliness 
Alpha, Chad, Sigma Brain kind of thing. Uh, then tragedy strikes. Something happens to his family, and then he kind of gets lost in his ways. Doesn't really have much of a guide in the direction he wants to go in life. So in the end, he takes some time to really see what he wants, and then he decides to go with his passion. That moment when he saw that male dancer doing graceful movements across the stage, he knew that he really wanted to go ahead and try ballet. And through his different experiences with different teachers, different classmates, uh, potential love interests and all that, he starts then questioning too. It's like, this is not meant to be a manly thing, right? Like dancing, ballet, like, but I'm also doing jikundo as a martial artist. Like, where does my manlyhood go? But then you slowly start seeing him break down what manliness really means. And in the context of trying to find your passion and guiding your direction in life, is that the only barometer you need to be on the pathway to becoming a man when you haven't even become a human in the first place? It's a really touching story. It's quite pretty as well. It's very, very pretty. Mappa um, did a good job. I watched the first episode. Yeah. So. I would say, like, without going too much into it, because it does get a little bit spoilery, um, I think it's worth a watch. It's definitely worth a watch. Um, just if, if not for like the, the story, then definitely like the movements of the dancing, the animation quality, like, they they must be hiring so many people at Mappa because I can't imagine like how they're able to work on so many things every fucking season. It reminds me of Welcome to the Ballroom, but slightly different, obviously. Um, one thing that I have to mention though is if you watch the show, you have to tolerate very weird looking eyes. That's about all I can say. Yeah, no, I I, I kind of agree, but eh, it's okay. But it's okay. Definitely uh, watch it. So, um, Damon next. Do you want to go over Damon? Damon is just you know. It's a weird little Digimon that uh, likes to make mochi. Okay, uh, Diamon is a Diamon recipe for success. is based off of the manga of the same name by Rin Asano, produced by Encouragement Films. Uh, the mouse score is seven point five. It is about a guy who he returns home, returns for- home after his band fell through, to go back to inherit his family business of a confectionery. Uh, Restaurant. So they make like dongo, mochi, like different kinds of sweets, uh, very traditional sweets. Then it turns out when he arrived home, there is a mysterious young girl that showed up and was like, yo, hey, actually, uh, what are you doing here? He's like, oh, I'm inheriting the, the business. What are you doing here? Uh, I, I come home. And it's sort of about this guy being a father figure to this girl who is adopted into the family and is going to be the 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 heir to the confectionery business. No, I haven't watched it, but you said it's it's kind of similar to Barakamon. Yes, but like very lightly, right? Very, it, like, it, it bears little resemblance, but you can see the similarities in the sense of like character dynamics. Yeah, I think that uh, it's in the same vein, just like with Poco Udon's World, which is another anime that I watched that I haven't mentioned up till now. It is of that ilk where it's like a young child with a fatherly parental figure. With not romantic like connections, it's just like helping each other grow, overcoming their traumas, so on so forth. I do have to admit there was one of the later episodes. I think episode four, the latest episode, they cover a side character that works at the shop in a very very interesting way, and um, it might go places, but it's a very good, decent show, but not outstanding. Yeah, I would say put it on hold. And then wait till like more of the season unfolds, and then if you've got time, check it out. Like it's not a hard drop. 
It's just that it may not grip you week to week. Now, another show that actually is a bit conflicting to, when I think about it is Tomodachi Game, also known as Friends Game. Ooh, the letdown of the Edgelord season. It's, um, yeah. You didn't say it's edgy, dude. Uh, no, that's why I'm saying it's a letdown. So this is a show which is based off of the manga of the same name by Mikoto Yamaguchi, who did the story, and Yuki Sato, who did the art. Now, the manga stats are actually, like, fucking good. 8.23 with rank 350 and popularity 483. So massively successful in terms of popularity and ranking. The mouse score is a 7.22, so... Yeah, go figure, right? So what what what's wrong with this? Let's, let's kind of like take it a little okay. bit back first. So, so Tomodachi Game. It's about, it about a yeah. group of five friends who all of a sudden one day wakes up in this kind of weird, like, I, it's not world, but like... It's like an alternate like, setting uh, of the school they're in. Because um, then all of a sudden... It, uh, I didn't say this. If anybody has watched or read Alice in Borderland, it's like that. Yeah, except it's very clear that real life is still happening and there might be outsiders and so on and so forth. It's also a bit like Death Rate because what happens is that over the course of playing these childhood games, they are supposed to reveal and attempt to reveal and destroy the dark secrets that all these five friends have because some of them have skeletons in the closet. Some people like someone. Some people don't like someone, even though on the surface they all seem to be like, oh, let's do this in the sake of friendship. But then money gets stolen, some debt is incurred, and all of a sudden people are thrown into these weird games where everyone is breaking apart and accusing one another. Wait, but they're all friends, right? They're all friends. Why would they lie and deceive each other? So I think that if you ever want to have an um, anime where it just shows human beings just breaking down and just hating on one another and just being shitty being shitty uh this is that anime i think that apparently according to the forums the manga gets really good later on right now i consumed all four episodes that are currently out and i think it's okay because believe it or not actually there's more to the game than what is initially uh implied and there are ways to go or circumvent certain rules. And then there was backstabbing. But is it backstabbing? There's hatred and not and so on and so forth. It's okay. But you could probably think of like other manga, other anime that would probably be better than so Tomodachi Game. You and I will like Death Parade a hell of a lot, right? It's fucking great. It's one of my favorite series. Don't you think Tomodachi Game at least sounds borrow some of that characteristics the premise yeah the premise. because in the sense where it's like you could see like the depths of human depravity but then like just because a person is shitty doesn't mean that they're rotten to the core there's obviously like backstory to people that you don't really know which led them to who they are and what they are now and then they play like all these like darts they play uh air hockey which and then in like in- if anybody needs to just watch the first two episodes of death parade like that's already like that is like very indicative of what death parade is and you could see that in 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 Tomodachi game, but I I'm not impressed. The, right now. the last couple of episodes gets better for sure, but it is like a poor man's death parade by a mile. Yeah, I for me it's a drop. For you, would you say hold? Keep watching. It's a hold. Okay, it's a hold. Um, but if you're like if you want that kind of death game thing, yeah, this yeah, is yeah, still yeah. far better than like Darwin's. 
Darwin's game or Gleipnir. Or King, what's that, King's? King's game. King's game, yeah. Those are worse than Tomodachi game. Tomodachi game at least is way better for sure, in my opinion. Whereas Darwin's game is just, oh, I have a gun. I can shoot you. That's it. Yeah, because it's about mind games and it's about trying to game the system. And I think that in of itself means more to me than Darwin's game, so. Right. Okay. Well, now we're going to go into uh, the first, uh, actually, is it one of the only anime originals to air this season, uh, Healer Girl. So, Healer Girl is an anime original produced by Studio 3 Hertz and directed by Yaushiro Ire, yeah. who previously Studio... was the director for Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood and recently the Eden, the ONA on Netflix. Yeah. But so, uh, yeah, Studio 3 Hertz, uh, they're a pretty good studio. They, they've produced some, uh, they've produced quite a few uh, anime originals. The story is a slice of life about girls who can sing. But in this world, singing is the third branch of medicine because literally you sing, you heal people's wounds, you de-stress them, and they have not only therapeutic effects, but they have medical effects as well. And it's about three girls who are trying to get their provisional license and become certified healers where their job is to basically sing to heal you. So if you're familiar with like Dungeons and Dragons, it's like a bard and a priest mixed together with white magic, that kind of thing. Except, okay. The thing is, though, when you have a bard and priest mixed together, like that's an incredibly overpowered character. Yeah, bards are overpowered. It's, and- it's basically the best of both support worlds. And like you put them into one person, that, that's, that's just unfair at that point. So I will say this first. When your anime hinges on the concept of singing, your singing better be fucking brilliant yeah so how is it then it's fucking brilliant <laughs> okay, okay i think you're like, it's fucking shit it's fucking awful so if you are unconvinced you should just listening listen to the opening of uh healer girl and it is basically disney-esque kind of operatic singing if you like that kind of disney songs with disney princesses this is that anime the slice of life part is kind of whatever they do go into a lot on uh a little bit into the science of it, which is actually quite interesting with the latest episode about them going to assist during a surgery. So it's not just like, oh, willy-nilly, like, hey, let's just solve everyone's problems by singing. They actually like, oh, what happens if you put someone next to them in a surgery? What happens if the woman's pregnant? So on and so forth. It's actually quite interesting, at least from that point onwards. The music is also phenomenal. Did I say that already? They also sing multiple songs per episode so it's not just like one song per episode so how is overall though like you say it's interesting it's got good music and i mean as an original like you can give it a little bit of leniency when it's like uh, i guess it didn't do everything too well because it's it's harder to make anime originals than to adapt a series so overall like and like the three girls like they're each basically a character trope so it's not very innovative they all have a certain color associated with them okay figures from the sounds of it it sounds like a a straight seven it is a straight seven but the music is probably an 8.5 i would probably listen to the music more than i would finish the anime that at least the chances of that happening the music is really really good so so based on that then right like it sounds more like a hold slash drop than actually to watch it but there's still appreciation to be had with the series just solely on the music so the latest episode was about the surgery thing so that one actually hooked me in 
But the previous few episodes, what I did was put it on, put on headphones, listening to it, and do whatever I do. But then when they start singing, then I like go back like maybe a minute and then press play because the singing parts are actually like these singers, like voice actresses are really good at singing, like really, really good. This is the exact same thing you said when you were watching Bubble. Yeah. (laughs) Go figure. Just uh, just mute all the the all the dialogue. But when the music kicks in, it's like, oh, I'm back. I'm back. Okay. so basically Bubble and Healer Girl needs to. Actually, no way. Both. No, this big thing's worse. It just means the music's even better, but the plot is even worse. Like, yeah. It, that, oh oof. shit. Okay. Look, if you are into kind of, it's not even like Sinful Gear or any of those music-oriented shows. This is not even that because it's very, very slice of life. Like, two slice of life, in my opinion. They do lean a little bit onto the science of how a song would actually be a branch of medicine, which is actually quite cool. But they don't lean very much into that either. Although the latest episode begs to differ. And with anime originals, you never know where it will go. Which is both a good and bad thing. But solid 7, that's about it. Singing is probably an 8.5 or 9. Okay. Uh, do you want to go into uh, Kunoichi Tsubaki? Oh, fuck. Oh, me again. Okay. Kunoichi Tsubaki. In the heart of Kunoichi Tsubaki is based off of the manga of the same name by the same mangaka who did Teasing Master Takagi-san and... When will Ayumu make his move? Because I made that error before. Both of those were pretty like highly. Takagi's definitely highly rated. Is Ayumu it's like eight point something? Ayumu is also pretty decent. Seven point six something. Yeah. Uh, so clearly, like up to three, right? Like Kunoichi must also have some pretty good ratings. No, it's too. like six point something. Yeah, it's terrible. What's going on with this one? And the manga and anime are both like six point six something. So I have huge problems with Konoichi Tsubaki. I will say that you should drop it and wait for when will Ayumu make his move, and I'll tell you why. With Teasing Master Takagi-san, it's even though it involves middle school people, it's like this innocent romance type of deal, right? Like, well, you haven't seen a single episode, but at least like okay, you, you could tell when they're just like watching it. it you kind of imagine like, oh, the girls kind of like walking around with their hands behind her back and talking to the boy, and then the boy would be like, you know, very flushed. Oh, and it's like teasing, very shy, teasing, yeah, exactly. wholesome, right? When will Ayumu make his move is similar, except now it's high school, so I guess the stakes are raised a bit and they go a bit more into mature topics, but the concept is the same. Here, it's about a ninja, or so a kunoichi ninja, called Tsubaki, who whenever she hears about guys or men, she gets flustered. Because in this world, the male ninjas and the female ninjas are isolated from one another and all the female ninjas live together in like a village and never venture outside other than to to train but they've never seen a dude oh the main sensei is like men are disgusting pigs blah 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 blah. okay so also that you have to understand the context of the kunoichis. Yeah. Which are female ninjas. Yes, that's absolutely correct. But also, which they tell you in the first few minutes of episode one is to seduce men in order to assassinate or, you know, get your mark. And these girls, and I say girls, is because they're they're like 12. They're like lollies. Yeah, that, that, okay, that's a problem. Okay? <laughs> that's a problem. Then you have the, 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 the female kind of sensei being like, you can never meet dudes because dudes are evil. Dudes are scary. It will corrupt you, right? Yeah, and then like, the, it's just like, okay, 
and then there's like Yuri undertones because they're all female ninjas. So I was like, yeah, okay. But at the end of the day, it's it's just a lot of really uncomfortable topics that doesn't need to be there. It doesn't sound like a mix as well, too, right? Seductive, like Kunoichi, but they're only 12 years old. And it's also they have an anti-male complex, but they're also surrounded by women. So the, the Yuri undertones kind of kick in. It doesn't sound like it knows what it wants. It's just trying to throw enough tags at you yeah. in the hopes that it will grab your attention. And because there are, there is no like primary romance. There is no, there's nothing that you can sort of be like, oh, it's kind of cute and wholesome and fluffy. It's actually a little bit like sketchy, you know. And the later episodes are a little bit better because they actually lean in less about the men thing, and it's just about these female ninjas being female ninjas. None about the seducing part. No, it's just like slice of life stuff and at that point it's just an okay show like a seven at that point but when you mix in the the guy thing the lolly ninjas like literally lolly ninjas and actually some of the actions are pretty good too the action scenes but it's like just don't watch it there's just, just there's too many problems with it for you to like properly give it props right there's a reason why this manga was the this the weakest by far compared to the other two works and i didn't know until now so oh, that's a shame. So skip it. High skip. Okay. All right. On to something that we neither of us have skipped because I think I like it a lot. You you probably like it a lot. We're talking about Love After World Domination. Okay. Love After World Domination is uh yeah, manga of the same name, uh produced uh digitally and in, in English uh by Kodansha USA. It is by Takash Taka Hiro Wakamatsu, who did the art, and Nobu Hiroshi, who did the story. Noda. Noda. Hiroshi. Fuck. I, I'm just gonna so have close. you. I'm just gonna so have close. you do it every time. Uh, what's cool though is that uh, this is going to be this is produced by Project Number Nine, who previously did Hige Hero. So, so okay, I didn't finish Hige Hero, but I I, I I did enjoy watching Hige Hero. There were there were obviously some problems with the story and the premise, but like overall, it was it was still good. It was it was okay. I, I feel the same way about Love After World Domination in terms of the graphics, in terms of the, the character design and the animation. So the storyline of Love After World Domination is imagine if Power Rangers and the the evil monsters... Yeah, the opponents of the Power Rangers. Uh, ends up having the main... I guess the Red Ranger, literally in this case, and the female, like one of the head villainesses yeah. from the, the, demon, the evil side... They are in a very, actually, very fluffy and cute romantic relationship with one another. Yeah, they get they they get all lovey dovey with each other at first sight, and then. Oh, by the know. way, did I tell you that the Power Rangers are called Gelato, and they lean into that, which is hilarious to me. Yeah, they all have different names. There's like Lemon, Pistachio. I forgot what the the blue one was. Yeah, and then there's like Strawberry, Lime. Actually, we don't know what the blue one is. Blueberry. I don't know. <laughs> but, who cares about blue? And then it's all about the hijinks of these two lovers trying to get some alone time and being an actual couple when their two sides hate each other and want to kill each other. One wants for world domination, the other wants to save the world. Yeah, and it's like both of them have never dated before because they're too busy fighting crime, right? Like, go figure. Uh, so then when they actually do start to foster a fester interest in each other and actually go on dates, it's just fun to see all the awkwardness that kicks in. Overall, it's a good time. It's it's not fantastic, but like you kind of need those shows too because it's it's easy to chill down with. It's easy just to watch and enjoy some. Did anime. you see the amusement park episode? Yes, I did. So obviously, we can't go into plot details, but that and obviously that's like 
past season, episode one, so don't watch it first. But I think that episode encapsulates how I feel about Love After World Domination. I read the manga. I like it a lot. And it does this thing where it's just kind of nice to watch. Is it, like, fantastic? No. It's just nice, good time. It's fluffy. These two lovebirds are really trying to be close to one another, not in, like, a perverted way, just trying to get together and do couple stuff on the backdrop of all these people trying to save the world, destroy the world. Yeah. So I would say watch it. I would say watch it for sure. It's probably, like, a 7.5. Is it 8 out of 10, probably? The next one is a little bit harder to make a case for, but we should talk about it anyway. You, this is all you, buddy. RPG Fudo-san or RPG Real Estates. Uh, that sounds boring and dry as shit, right? And the reason why I say that is because it really is boring and dry as fuck. So it's uh, it's actually based off of a manga. Funny enough, actually not, I thought it would be based off a light novel. Uh, there's currently no English translation, um, but the anime, uh, which came out this season, is produced by Dokokobo, which... which- they're, they're an okay studio. Inconsistent. Uh, but at least, you know, they do produce, you know, enough stuff within the year that at least you remember the name. Uh, so the story, You're joking, right? No, the couple's pretty good. Yeah. Pretty pretty all right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the story itself is kind of straightforward, right? Demon King in this world has been defeated, and the world has become a safer place. So then uh, the main character, Kotone, uh, graduates from high school uh, and becomes a magician so that she goes to become a new real estate agent within this RPG world. Uh, that is not, it's not an isekai. It is actually just a fantasy-based world. Uh, so they just essentially go through various different hijinks. It's an all-female troupe. It's cute girls selling real estate really yes and i think i dropped the show but i don't think it's a bad show it's just yet too much to watch already. yes also yeah so i had to make some cuts but it's very much akin to these girls doing cute things around the office of this real estate and every once in a while a monster or demon or human shows up looking for a home and then they have to find out how to accommodate that particular person's needs for a home because yeah. In this world of demons and so on and so forth, it's not just straight find an apartment complex and there you go. Yeah, it could be a treehouse that's been overrun by goblins. It could be a cave that is just festered with bats, or it could also be like a hall, a, a tall building that is uh, pretty neat, but you're living under a dragon, whatever yeah. it may be. Or, or hey, this room is really cheap, but by the way, because this is a zone where adventurers go through, you they can't. Have, yeah, you have to be able to keep your door open so they can. It, scavenge your stuff yeah yeah and i thought that was pretty funny and i think that was really funny and i think that those aspects of accommodating those monsters is the highlight of the show for me because for me at least cute girls doing cute things is 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 just another day in the park for me i do have one problem with the show though lollies yeah, but at that point, like, yeah, then you can't just watch any. No, but this, this one is like very, very clearly that every single character from the real estate agency is lolly. It's like lolly. a chibi, lolly. but definitely very lolly esque. Yeah, but okay, they, but like, there's no you, sexual you, you, you romantic could, thing. Exactly, about. it's so just it's okay. It's just literally like you see what you get, and that they don't really like like embellish it that much more. Oh, one of them likes to cook and. One of them likes to cook too, but the second person doesn't cook very well. Oh no, it's all like burnt and charred. Oh no, la 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 la. Hey. Yeah, for me it's a watch because it's dry as hell. That's that's why I wanted to watch it. But I can understand for the most part, it's a drop. I think the hook of the real estate part is interesting, but not enough 
of the show for me to keep watching. I was hoping it'd be a little bit drier than that. Like really getting into like talking about the square footage, talking about sales prices. Because they did about, that in the beginning. Though. Yeah. But it's like, you know, I wish they did it like throughout. Like for example, yeah, with realists, it's like nonstop dry fucking information. It's like, it's like you did civic studies and you go, yeah, that's, that's literally what the anime is about. And I think the situation or the plight of a new customer or client comes in and then them solving it by the end of the episode sometimes or most of the time due to complete coincidence and serendipitous opportunities is a bit like a cop-out to me where I was just like, all right, fine, whatever. So it's okay. I dropped it. So I watched it, but again, it just depends on what you're really looking for. It works for me. It didn't work for Jason. It may or may not work for you. Right. So Next thing, Shikimori is not just a cutie. Yeah, we got we only have a few more left to go, but uh, we will do our best to be able to give as much information about them. So, Shikimori, produced by Doga Kobo, based on the manga of the same name by Kego Maki, published in English by Kodansha Comics, and it is about a girl who is not just a cutie, but is also a badass. There's woman. a bunch of other things. Talented, Talent, smart, exactly, and about her relationship with. Azumi, who is kind of like this... Her bitch-ass boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, a, a timid, vulnerable, uh, I guess meek, I guess. Meek, yeah, meek. Like, low low on self-confidence. Clearly, like, he feels that, like, like he's he's reaching and that Shikimori is settling. That kind of relationship dynamic. When clearly, that's not the case at all. I think the show is not as good as I thought, but still very good. I was expect I love the manga. I gave it a nine out of ten. I was expecting Doga Kobo and the property Shikimori to blow me away. It didn't blow me away, but it kept me going. Let's just it, say it does just enough. Uh, I right? think the colors look very nice. The 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 pink and the purple. It's, it's, it's a lot of pink, blue, purple, those shades. And the side characters is Bakugo being kind of chilled out now. Literally, the same character who voiced Bakugo is voicing a character called Inu here that looks exactly like Bakugo. So, and also he's like a super chilled out person in this show. It's just great because it's just the girlfriend, Shikimori, being a badass and Izumi actually kind of basically a gender role reversal. But it's it's really cute. I love it. It's good. Good. Um, now we've wa- we've reached the final three. Um, now it's not necessarily like there's an order for it, but like these three were like either we're most hyped about, we want to see more of it, or it's like we know what we want to see and we're really really ready for it. I think what we'll do first let's do I, summer. Yeah, exactly. We'll do summertime render, and then we'll go into the last two. So, so summertime rendering is. Based off it's of, confusing. Summertime render, summertime rendering, they both are the correct names. But so summertime rendering with summer and time being two separate words is the anime English title. But in Japanese, the summertime is together for summertime. Okay. It's based off of the manga Summertime Render, not rendering, by Yashini Yash fuck. Yasunori Tanaka. Thank you. And published in English on Jump Plus, which you can now read. It's pub is produced by OLM. There are three episodes out, and it's currently one of the 8.0 shows, 8.25 to be precise. So it's kind of like a weird, like, Groundhog Day, like, what, uh, look, what's, we, I think what's, that, it, what's that Tom Cruise movie that's based off Okay, of? I think at this point we can't, I think Summertime Render, or Summertime Rendering, we're just going to assume it's the same thing, is a show where it is very mysterious. And the plot 
is extremely. You're trying to think of ways to say it without really yeah, spoiling. Yeah, it's right? kind of like that lost TV series of you can't really say it because if you say anything, you actually will spoil it. But what I will say though is that it takes place on an island, and it's about a main character going to that island and interacting with basically his hometown. Yeah, something's happened. A, a tragedy has happened, but at the same time, like not not all is what it seems to be because clearly, despite this tragedy happening, it seems that there's a lot of unanswered questions. And the main character Shinpei is it Shinpei or Junpei? Junpei. Yeah, Junpei comes back and says, "Hey, like I don't feel." Oh, crazy. no, sorry, Shinpei. Okay, so Shinpei feels like uh, something's not quite right. And you figure out, so he gets closer to the family of the, of 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 of, of what happened in terms of the the tragedy, uh, and then some weird, crazy shit happens. It's completely inexplicable, and that's when the mystery breaks free, and then you're left to sit back and watch everything unfold. Because hey, mystery thrillers be mystery thrilling, right? So the first thing that I would say about this show is that it looks very pretty. Very, oh, very oh, good it is, job. It is pretty. Very, very good job. OLM is like slowly becoming it, it's uh, becoming it's been one of those dependable, consistent exactly. studios where the, if you see a show that is like uh, coming out, you're like that has every possibility of being a, an eight or at least a high seven. Uh I think that the mystery of summertime rendering, as of right now for me as an anime only watcher, is very intriguing. I think if you only watch the first episode, you will know more or less kind of the parts of the mystery element that we Will and I are trying to avoid. Will alluded to it earlier. I'll just say this. Uh, from some, from a friend who read through the manga, because it is available on Jump Plus and Manga Plus, and it's finished with, I think, 13 volumes, uh, take a note of dates and details. Dates, times, just... It really it is one of those shows where like it doesn't hurt to actually go back a couple seconds to rewatch what happened. Yeah, and it's one of those things where attention to detail in what you're watching matters. Like I will never watch summertime rendering for the first time, like as a side thing. Like I would have it my full attention on there. It may it, yeah, certain episodes may just require like a second watching. Yeah. Just to fully make sure you you know what's happening. Now this is one of the shows that are two curves right now. I think there's twenty five episodes announced, but for thirteen volumes, I would suspect there would be a part two if it was successful enough. Yeah, if it if it was going to be fully adapted, then great. Or they might have the story completely wrapped up into I could see it also being wrapped up in two curves. Yeah. It's hard to say because I didn't really I didn't read any of the manga. But um I love it. So I love far. it. I think there it has the potential to be a nine. Right now it's like an eight to an eight point five. Yeah. And if it We're talking personal ratings, by yeah, the way. Yeah. We're not saying like on Mal. Everybody yeah. can feel different about because it. Because Mal it's an eight point two five. So clearly a lot of people like it as well. If the mystery doesn't pay off, I can see this score from eight point two five drop really drastically. Because but if it pays off, I can see it kind of be like Stein, not Stein's gate level, but it, it doesn't have to be that smart. It doesn't have to be like really, really skilled. It just needs to like have everything go smoothly. And then you just present the, 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 the solution to the mystery at the end, or you open up with another mystery. That's all you need. You don't need it to be like a masterpiece. Just in a way, don't fuck it up. <laughs> but I have to say I was thinking that there's a chance that this show might be really good based off of the pedigree. It's so hard to tell. And yeah. it is really hard to tell, but what I saw right now is very promising for sure. 
now for probably the surprise of the season. And potentially, if it weren't for a, a different specific series, could have been the series of Spring 2022. So this is a manga based off the same name by Ryo Ogawa. And who did the oh, art? Yeah, an anime based on the manga of the same name. Uh, yeah, anime based on the <laughs> manga of the same name by Ryo Ogawa. God damn it! Oh, fuck it. Okay, and Yuto Yatsuba for the story, published digitally in English by Kodansha USA, and produced by PA Works. The, right now, it has a mouse score of eight point three six. Listeners, why have I not mentioned the name yet? Because if you had been just looking at my anime list maybe a week or two prior to this being released, you would have seen that Mal, the website, was completely bloated with advertising campaigns for this anime. And to be fair, Will and I watched the first episode at a time, and we thought it was pretty good, but we were, we're, we didn't really think nothing we're of wary. it. We were wary that like this this is probably just first episode hype. Let's see if we can watch a few more and then really make a decision on it. The show is called Ya Boy Kong Ming. It's fucking good. It's now, really good. this is a reverse isekai where uh, the the your boy, very famous your boy Kang Ming, who is a Three Kingdoms tactician, Zhuge Liang or Zhuge Liang, is transported to modern Shibuya, and then he basically navigates the scene with this singer called Echo, and they kind of try to make her very famous. He becomes a music artist uh, agent, essentially. And using his ability to dictate a battlefield and come up with stratagem to defeat the enemy, no matter the circumstance. So first of uh, all, it, it's fucking crazy. So first of all, the opening of your boy Kong Ming. Oh, we're gonna go straight into that already. Okay, is chicka chicka bang, chitty chitty bang bang, uh, by whatever the band was. So it is a Japanese cover for uh, apparently a decent, well-known Hungarian. Equivalent of a pitbull song, and not to not to like you know diss diss anyone. It's just that like when we watched Mr. Hungarian the, singer, your song was good. Yeah, but when we saw the music video, we're like, you just look like pitbull. Not, I'm not saying anything bad or good about. It. I'm just saying you just look like that. Okay, anyways, the OP is fantastic and it's, very it's, it's so fun and very addicting. Like I would listening to I would listen to the opening nonstop. It I it's it's the OP of the season, hundred percent. It's it's I've been trying to find other things that could even like stand up against it, but no, it's it's by far and away like the best opening of the season. So this is why I really really love anime because if you were to tell me that the Three Kingdoms tactician Zhuge Liang all with an, of a with, sudden with an EDM singer, yeah, and gets transported to Shibuya, and somehow it is a very musically superior com comedy, no romance, but like it's. It's just fun time. I would be like, you're out of your fucking goddamn mind. But when you say it's an anime and a manga, I'll be like, there is a possibility that could be good. And guess what? It's fucking fantastic. Now, we're only five episodes in, right? We still got a little ways to go before we can definitively say if this is, you know, a solid eight out of ten or even a nine out of ten. But as it stands right now, like, I haven't had a bad thing to say about any of the episodes. I mean, PA Works is good. They're a good studio. They've... Yeah, they produce a lot of works that are very good-looking, for sure, with, like, Sakura Trick, the Aquatopia on the White Sand. Was Shiro Baku also yes, PA Works? Yeah. I think so, yeah. So they're well-known for doing those kinds of slice-of-life female-oriented roles. So all of a sudden, to adapt a manga, by the way, was an interesting choice. And, dude, so good. So good. It's a really, really interesting show. It's and, a fun uh, time. Look, we kind of just were like, 
hey, it's on. Mal's pushing it to us. It's it's on. Let's just go watch it then. And uh, it it was a very good show. No, we watched it even before there was ratings, right? No, not even ratings. I'm talking about like when Mal was putting up the ads. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was right? ready to dismiss this. Because or... it was just like, you're just feeding this in. And it's just like, oh, you're just making it so that everybody watches it before they realize it's shit. Wrong. It's actually really fucking good. So I, I, I put my hands up. I was ready to shit on it. Uh, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a calming fanboy. I am Your so, boy is a Kongming fanboy. I didn't expect to like this anime so much, but I really do. And I think it deserves all the accolades and hype that it gets. You should at least give it a shot because it really blends in the music scene and characters and Three Kingdom Sun Tzu Arts of War type bullshit all together in a pot. And it actually works. Yeah. It deserves all the awards it gets this season for being the second best anime of the season because unfortunately uh, a certain other series is just fucking killing it in the spotlight right now. There's one of the shows slash mangas that Will and I have been talking since the inception of this podcast. And it feels so good to finally talk about the anime as well. From talking about the manga to the fact that the, the manga performed very well to the eventual, we obviously knew, everyone knew. The, the teasers of like, oh, the an domain anime, names. An anime might be coming. An and anime the, might be coming. And then the anime coming out, hearing the staff list, and then now, a couple of episodes in. It's none other than Spy X Family. Right now, it is obviously um, doing extremely well. It is the highest Mal Spring 2022 seasonal with a 9.08. It is based off of the manga of the same name by Tatsuya Endo, published in English on Jump Plus, produced by Wit Studio and Cloverworks, so this collab is like insane. And it is going to do a two cur run with one cur happening right now. And then the second cur, I think, is in fall. Yeah. I think they're taking a break during the summer. Yeah. But hey, that means you this year you will be getting a lot of Spy X Family content. So do we need to go into what Spy X Family is all about? I think you said it so many times. No, we, we don't can... need to. And to be honest, the fact that you're hearing about this at this point means that you probably have heard of Spy X Family even before listening to this. So, it Or comes... you're, you're, it's on Netflix. You're, it's on Crunchyroll. You're already watching it right now. The fact that Crunchyroll has a 5.0 rating, I don't know if now, but it had a 5.0 rating because 98% of people gave it 5 out of 5. It's just like... At it's... the very least, it's near perfect. It's near perfect. And I have to say, though... They delivered almost on every front, from the way it looks to the voice acting. Oh, can we just say that the best voice acting was Anya? Chi Chi. Oh my peanuts. Oh my god, she is so fucking cute. When Anya's like, please don't sell me, I was like, Am I being sold? No, not again. So fucking like hilarious. It's, the thing is, as well, it's like we knew these scenes were happening because we already read it in the manga, but it's just so cute and like heartwarming to see it all over again but with like wonderful animation and amazing voice acting so voice acting adds like a very nice touch so to it. everyone lost their shit when a certain proposal was made with a certain ring let's just say and uh will and i obviously knew because we read the manga but to see it animated was fucking fantastic for those of you who don't know Spike's family is about a family of three where each of them actually are hiding secrets from another one is a spy, the other one's an assassin, and the one third a, one... One is a dumbass, who can also read minds. Who can also read minds. And it's about their... I'm sorry, Anya. You're, you're cute. No, no, no. Yeah. no, no. Even she, 
even she will admit that she's dumb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then she'll get mad and then you throw her peanuts and then she'll be like, oh my God, peanuts. Okay. So anyway. And then you put on the TV, oh, I'll watch spy shows now. <laughs> so uh, it's just so cute. Oh, and also, like, before anything, right? Like, we're only three episodes in to Spike's family, right? It is already the fifth ranked highest anime on the whole platform. No, for fourth. It, 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 it dropped to fifth. Oh, dropped to fifth? Oh. Hey, dude, doesn't matter. Top five, baby. That's fucking crazy. <laughs> Do you know how Like, right now, in terms of all anime, which includes ONAs, movies, specials, whatever the fuck, right? It is only behind Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, Gintama, the third season, part two of Attack on Titan and Steinsgate. That's that's wonderful company to be part of. Top five, Spike's family. Only three, only three fucking episodes in. So, will I don't know about will, but for me, I knew that Spike's family, especially after learning about the Wit and uh, Cloverworks collab, was going to be fantastic. I oh on- no no I thought it was going to be complete shit. Of course, of course I knew it was going to be good no, 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 with the right no, studios. No no no, no but but I did not expect it to be like the reception to be this good. I honestly thought that like it would be popular, it would be well received, but for it to be ranked so highly almost everywhere nonstop such that there had to be controversies and dumb shit that has to be made just to bring it down a peg, which by the way did not work. Uh, oh, just for- to give you a quick update, uh, that TikToker ended up uh, renaming their account and making it private. So, listen the internet, our- the internet won. Listen to our BP six for that. So, look, there's nothing else that needs to be said. Spike's family is action, wholesome comedy, all into one. Will and I are going to watch every single episode, no doubt. Oh, one thing that does make me happy: uh, Fruits Basket, the final, is still in the top ten. So. Happy about that. That I mean, it's Fruits Basket, so yeah. But um, I would say overall, we have gone through pretty much all of the spring seasonals. I think that we think are worth mentioning. Actually. Yes. Yeah. There's there's a, there's a lot others. There's like but... five or six more that I watched, but I was just like, oh my god, and I dropped them after two episodes. But look, I think the best thing to watch, obviously, is Spy X Family. There's no doubt. But your boy Kong Ming is also very very good. So, and he wants something that is kind of like off the cuff, just a little bit like not like similar to any of the stuff you're watching this season. Summertime rendering is definitely a good pick. Yeah. If you need a thriller, go check that shit out. If you need something that is more like standard slice of life fluffy, I think Love After World Domination is perfectly adequate. Or if you just want pure fluff, then Ahadan is inseparable. That's another good one too. It, it just basically this season is very strong. If we even if we take out the sequel seasonals but sorry bubble i really tried to like you it's uh, okay so like just just like a full full disclaimer again right the reason why we did this later than earlier the season was yeah that's because of bubble yeah actually a couple of cuckoos was just like as like an addendum originally it was because we wanted to talk about bubble that's why we waited so long, and also so then we can get several episodes of all the of all the shows that we watch. Yeah, like summertime render, we will at least get two or three episodes in. I wouldn't say we got burned. I wouldn't say that it was a bad decision in the end. In the end, I still got enjoyment out of it, but boy, it was as much as like the biggest surprise of the season was your boy Kong Ming. The biggest disappointment, and it's because of how far how high the expectations were. Um, it would have to be bubble. Yeah. Either Bubble or Shield Hero? So uh. you, you'll think about it 
un- uh, uh, after I go through the uh, the, the housekeeping, yeah. and then you can chime in after that. So you can. That's the end of our uh, spring seasonal episode thirty three. You can always reach us through our email gapallet at gmail dot com. That's g a p a l e t t e at gmail dot com. All lowercase, all one word. You can count. You can contact us on Twitter using the handle at palletgood. That's capital P and capital G, all one word. We have a Facebook uh, Facebook page at www.facebook.com slash palletgood, capital P and capital G, all one word. And we have a website. We encourage you to check it out. You can visit our website at www.goodanimatepalette.com, all lowercase, all one word. You can join us on Discord to tell us how awesome Spike's family is. Or you can join us on our mouth club to say that we shit on Bubble and it's not it's not justified. Or maybe, yeah, exactly. Maybe you love Bubble and, like, we're the wrong ones. Music credits for this episode, though. Our intro music is No Cry by Fashion. Our break music is Be Right There by Omie. And our our uh, outro music is Future Vice by Kyo. Our music was provided courtesy of EpidemicSound.com. If you're interested in using Epidemic Sound as a service, we'll have a referral link that's provided for you in the show description. All right. Yeah, back onto what I was saying then. For me, like... If I had to go by the biggest disappointment of spring, it's either between Shield Hero and Bubble. But the problem there is because I already knew what Shield Hero was before the revenge arc. Therefore, like I can see it's understandable where the drop off came in. But with Bubble, oh. honestly, it has right now an eight point four three. I was expecting, huh? I was expecting it to be. I was expecting it to be an 8.43, not a 7.43, basically. It's the score that I thought, given the amount of staff and how stacked it is, the way that it looks, the way that it feels, and the trailer footage that we saw, I was ready to be like, this is probably one of the best anime films to air this year if we if we don't include Jujutsu Kaisen Zero because technically it came out last year in, in Japan. But yeah, I was ready, and then... I did not get what I want. It was still okay, but it's a bit of a disappointment. Will, any any closing thoughts for spring? <sighs> no, spring is strong. I really, I really think that like of all the previous seasons we've been uh, going over on this podcast, that spring twenty twenty two is probably one of the strongest. Yeah, in I recent think so. memory, I think that like you could really pick whatever genre you want and actually be able to find something. I mean, outside of horror, really, or anything edgy, gory. Uh, we haven't had any of those in a while. Actually, a lot of fluffy stuff. So yeah, just so much fluff. Yeah, but hey, it's still good. It's 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 good pickings in terms of what you want to uh, enjoy with the season. Um, we're gonna be rolling out another episode in a couple of weeks but during that time we will have more time to watch more seasonals we will probably finish the ones we we talked about today i'd say 75 percent of them we will completely finish so i would completely finish a hot end diamond maybe healer girl maybe uh shikimori i'll definitely finish uh love after world domination komi demon girl uh kong ming science and spy Spy Summertime. Tomodachi Game, nah, maybe not. Couple of Cuckoos, Actually, Bookworm, I'm still a bit iffy on, to be honest. Yeah, I think it's just because the fact that, like, it's so it's okay, it's so similar to all the other seasons that it's not a must-watch Oh, yeah, us. Kaguya, definitely, I watch as well. Oh, yeah, how do we forget about Kaguya? Yeah, yeah my Kaguya, bad. for sure. I could do some Kaguya right now. Yeah, more Kaguya would be great. Uh, look, I, I will probably finish up most of the stuff I've been watching. 
I'll report back into it later on the end of the season uh, when hopefully we have some turnaround in the scores for um, our seasonal bets. But right now, it's all in the balance. At this moment, Jason is still winning. Yeah, and uh, we will see you on the next episode, which we will talk about our next Gotta Watch Them All, which would be pretty interesting. More JoJo and more Monogatari. It's gonna be a fun time. How you you are you're you're enjoying the JoJo journey so far, right? Yeah, it's great. Yeah, I, I'm fucking loving the, the Monogatari journey, uh, despite um, Nisei. Yeah, but we we already knew that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so we'll report in on uh, our spring seasonal consumption as well as what other things that we have been watching and reading. Next episode. Yeah. Until then, take care, of y'all. Uh, enjoy the next couple of weeks. We will be back with another episode of the Good Anime Palette Podcast. See y'all then. Peace.